5: What is up, everybody? Happy, happy uh, holiday weekend. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend uh, kicking off on Monday, which is the, the unofficial start of summer. For most folks, I am Rob Ellis. He is Derek Gunn. We are Sports yo, Day. Yo, yo. yo, what's up, everybody? What is up, Tyler, Forrest, Adam, Mr. Taz, uh, Gigi? Uh, everybody's doing well out there, I hope. How you doing, Gunner?
6: Good, man. You know, um, you're right. Memorial Day kicks off the start of summer. But from my perspective, there's a lot of good, but there's a little bad behind it also. Because you see, you know, where I live in Delaware, I'm not too far off route one. And route one is the main vein going to the Delaware beaches. And starting Memorial Day weekend, route one on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays is congested going and coming for the multitudes of people that head to the Delaware beaches. And I'm not talking about just Delawareans. We get a lot of people: New York, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and you see places from other other uh, states above Delaware as well. So it's like a log jam at certain times of the day. Once you live here, you know how to try to navigate around it. What times of day are worse than others? Usually, Fridays is bad going south to the beaches because everybody's heading there. Saturdays is usually bad coming back from the beach is one route one north because a lot of people are checking out of places they've rented on a saturday morning heading back home so from now until through labor day weekend we have to deal with that and then the delaware memorial bridge is a nightmare going and coming it's chaos i know
5: well it doesn't matter like if you're traveling um south from from you know pennsylvania area jersey area you're traveling south you go through delaware like and or if you're coming south headed back north yeah once you get to like richmond dc baltimore oh it is absolutely the worst i mean the worst whether you're on 95 or 495 whatever the case may be it it is just utter chaos everybody plans that way it's like all right i'm going on a trip uh we're you know we're driving down to north carolina we we know where we're in for just craziness can't we do anything to fix this? Like what is happening?
6: Here? I know. And, and you know, the worst part about DC is, is that loop. You ever go around that loop? Yeah, dude. That is the absolute worst. Um, you know, I, most of my friends who know that this area and that area, we we find routes to go around it. You know, yeah. it may the take a little bit longer. Yeah. the yep. beltway, That's it. The beltway. Yep. And, and and you find ways to get around it, but you know what happens the more you use the uh, alternative routes yeah the more people are 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 keen to Other it, people start now figuring it out well with with
5: you know with waze and and yes. gps and everything else that people yes. have now you think you're the only one that waze is sending that way they're sending everybody that way because they see all that traffic that's for sure but oh. uh, I see Duck. I see Chris D. Our girl. I see Forrest. I see Jeremy. Uh, what's up? Hey, everybody? wait, 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 wait! Stop, stop. I haven't seen Fitness Rebel yet. I would have acknowledged Fitness yep. Rebel. Everybody, you
6: are witnesses. We we have not seen Fitness Rebel. I'm innocent. I swear. Hey, Duck. let's go. Let's go back to Duck for a moment. Said, uh, "Where is oh, I just missed him." Uh, hey, everyone, did you see Rob blush like a schoolboy on Birds 365? You were blushing. I don't know what was I blushing for. <laughs> you were blushing. Justin
5: Hoffer, what up? I, I don't know you what's up, Justin. Uh Fit airs fitness rares. Oh, girl. fitness rares okay. late. You're fine. Twenty-five dollars. Uh, Twenty-five dollar fine for being right. late. So I need, uh I need Duck to to inform me. I, look, it doesn't take much for me to blush. Number one, as you guys know, I'm I'm like see-through. Oh, so yes. I, oh any, yes. Any any. Doesn't take much, but to, oh, from Breland. <laughs> I don't think I blushed. Uh, Breeland was great. We had her, uh, Breeland from Fox 29. Um, she was on Birds 365 with John McMullen and myself, and, and she was really funny, man. Like, she told, uh, I didn't realize this. She was a mascot for for the Temple Owls, she was the owl. Okay, I heard it. Yeah. yeah, and she was a mascot in high school too. Like she has serious mascot training and and uh, wow. background there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But she was good. I didn't know she had covered previously the Bills and the Chiefs, uh, in in her in her earlier stops before she uh, she got there. So uh,
6: let me let me ask you this because you went to Temple. Now I know that a lot of uh, institutions like the bigger schools. If you're the mascot, you get some kind of scholarship or or financial aid. Was that the case at Temple also?
5: I don't know. Like here, I do know St. Joe's. The way it used to work with St. Joe's was every year a senior would be the hawk, would, would, would you know, get the job, whatever the whatever it is. You got a full ride that year. Okay. Your year if you were. Okay. There. But you could only do it for one year and it was only seniors who were eligible. That's the mm-hmm. way it be at St. Joe's. I don't know how it works at other uh other schools i think so um i think so but uh fitness, how many jobs yeah i don't know man it's 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 a good question i'm not even sure at this point fitness rebel how many <laughs> uh, but no i don't um i don't know i should have asked her that that's one of the things i should have asked her but it was good it was the conversation was good She put at the kelsey's and it was a lot of fun if you get a chance to check it out you can always go back and watch it
6: if i if i had a chance to be the mascot of st joe's if it was between getting scholarship money at St. Joe's to be the Hawk or pay tuition or take out student loans, I would take out student loans because I'm not sitting there flapping. The Hawk at St. Joe's, every basketball game, the entire game has to do this. slapping like, the, the wings. You will lose your gig if you're not doing it. Are you, you serious? You will lose
5: your job if you're not doing it correct. Dude, that's you have like to, two and a half hours. You have to have at least one of your wings flapping, at least one, at all times. While you are seen on that floor, whether Wait. it's before. Yeah. Like if you run out on the floor in warmups, you better be doing this entire game until no, you are right. off and into your, you know, locker room or whatever.
6: So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. If that's the case, where do I sign up for financial aid? I'll go into <laughs> debt before I do that, man. That's, you know, you got, you got to be in shape to do that, man. Oh, that's no, serious. That's cardio. Oh my man. That's,
5: goodness. That's some serious car. It's no joke. Yeah, it is no joke, but yeah. So that was, uh, that was pretty funny, but um, all right. So here's, here's where we are. We, as I mentioned, it's Memorial day weekend. So I want to bounce some stuff off of you. All right. (sighs) Sort of like either or, and and please everybody in the chat, uh, jump into on this. I'm going to throw you either or equations related to holiday weekends. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, obviously most importantly, we know what Memorial day weekend stands for. And it's remember those we lost you know uh, yes. who paid the ultimate price for our freedom so we thank you know their families we we are appreciative of those folks and, and thanks to everybody active military too all right so let me just say that um okay so here we go and they, they, because of them we're allowed to do this goofy stuff that we do so thank you um all right so your choice Gunner. Yep. your choice well we're doing it now Oh, but, oh, all right, you know what? Let's hold it. Let me hold it for about five minutes. All right. I'll get to all it. Right, cool.
6: Whatever you want to do it is fine. Uh, let me give you the
5: sports rundown. So the Phillies lost again last night. Uh Aaron Nola was not good. Gregory Soto was not good.
6: The offense tried oh, no, to bring man. them back oh, twice. Like, you, see, you see your boy John Dickerson. We all know D gun is more of a turkey than a hawk. Hey, John. I, I got you, man. Okay, man. All Ooh. right. You want to you want to start my holiday weekend off like that, man? Oh, all right. you, that's okay. going to bring D gun out. That, that's, okay. that's going right. okay. to right. keep talking. Poking John. the tiger, right. man. It's like they did with Jimmy Butler a
5: couple, a couple games ago. Not what you want to be doing. All right. I do not uh, mean to
6: break your train of thought, but I couldn't. No, no, I'm bad, not. So. Uh,
5: no worries. So, all right. So the, um, you know, so the Phillies came back a couple of times last night, but you could tell from the jump, Aaron Nola didn't really have it. Um, and then Gregory Soto, who's another one who's just been all over the place for them. He's either lights out or he's terrible. Was terrible last night, um, and they lose. And here's the thing, Derek, and and we'll, we're going to do a full se- Philly segment in a little bit. What I don't want to keep hearing, I don't mean from you, but what I, like right. people keep saying, oh, they've been mediocre. You know what? We're getting to the point where they haven't even been mediocre. No.
6: Nah, yeah, we'll we're getting into that. bad
5: territory now. That's where we are.
6: Yeah, and, and 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 once again, Rob, it was what we were talking about yesterday. You get the timely hitting. You don't get the pitching, you get the timely pitching. The hitting goes dormant. It's the same thing. Now three times in this game they tied Atlanta, and I'm thinking, okay, you know they're gonna they're gonna make a statement in this game. And the next thing you know, Soto, who who's, who can throw 99 100, mm-hmm. he can't hit. He can't hit the broadside of a barn. I don't know what's going on with Aaron Nolan. I really don't. Um, and I don't know. And I'm, I'm not here speculating. Nice. I don't know if this contract thing is bothering him. I don't know what it is, dude, but he's not hitting his targets. The Aaron Nola that we know when it's on point is so good. His fastball is only 93, 94. I should, you know, it's funny how we used, when right. we used to see guys throw 93, 94. We used to go, man, that's pretty fast. Now, 93, 94 is like pedestrian. But when Nola's on top of his breaking pitches and hitting the corners, dude, his, he mixes his pitches up so well, and that's what made him so lethal when he's in a groove. But this season, dude, he is—he can't find a groove. One great, his last outing, we t- we agreed, probably his best outing of the season. Oh, he was excellent last outing, yeah. <clears throat> but then he comes back and throws this mess. Well, he, you know. here's what I noticed,
5: and you point out something that I think is critical. He—he's not a guy who's going to throw a hundred, but he had better He's had better velocity yes. than last year and previous seasons what happens with that then is your off speed stuff that your change up, et cetera, that you're trying to throw past these guys. Yes. Doesn't work as effectively because there's a very little difference. All right, you are throwing 91 and with your heater and you're throwing 88 with your, with your change up. It's the same thing. Yes. You're not changing guys. Eye levels. They're not, they're not out in front. It's none of that. And that's one of the biggest problems with him is, and I just don't think he's locating. I mean, the, the, I think it was the first one of the, was the second Austin Riley. The first Austin Riley was just a cookie, you know,
6: which anybody's yeah. going to crush. Uh, it's a problem. His it's breaking problem. pitches are hanging across the plate like flying saucers. You know, it's just hovering right across the plate. There's no snap on his breaking pitches at all. And, you know, he, you know, <laughs> you know, he wants this big money contract. And whether the Phillies give it to him or not, what do you think other organizations are thinking right now? Yeah that probably went into this season all saying, um, you know, if they needed pitching in 2024, Hey, you know, on our list of potential gets for next season, Aaron Nola is right there. Now he's, he's slowly starting to sign down the priority list and rightfully so. I mean, he's got to come out of this, but see Aaron Nola is just another in the long line of what we've been talking about the entire month of May, the inconsistency across the board, Trey Turner, Castellanos, Real Muto, all these guys. Wheeler, Soto, and, and, and Suarez can't even. He, no. Suarez is not a, not nearly close to what we w- want him to be or what he's expected to be. Yeah, it's it's like it's like an epidemic in that clubhouse right now, dude.
5: Yeah, I look. I agree with you. There's a lot of underachieving happening with this team. That's for sure. So they lose again last night. Tell you what, this thing's gotten really interesting now, Gunner. The Celtics win last night, and all of a sudden this thing is three games to two. Heat, they're going back to Miami tomorrow,
6: and Boston's a favorite at Miami. um, I am not surprised one iota. Two games in a row now, after that debacle they put up in game three. Two games in a row now, Boston has played like the Boston team I expected to see. Boston, seriously, Boston should be up in this series 3-2 minimum. But they came out the first three games and did not finish what they started. The last two games, their defense is frustrated, thoroughly frustrated Miami. They've hit like 18 and 16 threes. They couldn't hit the, they couldn't hit the ocean the first three games with their three-pointers. Um, they're playing like that team that went to the conference finals last year. Yep. And now the pressure that has been squarely on Boston – has now shifted to Miami because if Miami cannot find a way, you know, hey, if they don't find a way to get it done tomorrow, guess what? You go back to Boston for game seven. And no team in the history of the NBA playoffs has ever overcome a 0-3 hole. You do not want to allow this Boston team to be there first because then you've got Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets. You guys are going to have a long offseason trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. You are,
5: um, and this this would be epic. Uh, it would be epic, up three zero, and coughing that thing up. And I'll tell you, there's two things that I notice. But um, A, Boston's hitting shots. That's the obvious thing. But they've also turned their defense up in a big way. I mean, you're seeing both. And the other thing is, you know, last night Bo- uh, Miami was without Gabe Vincent. That was a big, big loss for them. Dude,
6: that was huge.
5: You know, because here's what you really know, and I think Bam out bio has been awful the last two games. It's like Jimmy Butler has no help. He almost won. Like it's miraculous they won. They won the first three games. Like Boston has so much more talent on paper. Like I mean, it's not yes. even close. So this thing is doable, man. It's very, very doable that Boston comes back. I'd hate to see it because I hate Boston, but it is
6: very, very doable
5: that they come back in this. I day.
6: just want to see a seventh game. I, I just I'm want to you. see the storyline. You're right. Um, you know, you said you said Dallas is your most hated football team yeah you've always you know said that you have no affection for any new york team right for me when it comes to the nba boston is at the top of my hate list yeah you yeah. know for a number of reasons mm-hmm. the last thing i want to do is see boston win anything but i do want to see a seventh game i just i just want to see a seventh game you see i want to see how that storyline plays itself out
5: yeah I, i'm with you i i there is a little part of me that's like Sort of wants the chaos, man. That would be a game set, so they would play game two. Game six is tomorrow. Game seven would be Monday, if there was a game seven. So uh, we'll wow. see how that shakes. I know, I know. Um, so I don't know how many people are paying attention to this, but the the stars stayed alive last night. They beat the Golden Knights uh, in game five of the uh, Western Conference Finals. Whoever wins that will end up playing the the Florida Panthers. So we'll uh, we'll see if uh, if Vegas
6: can close it out next game. Don't know right now. If I'm Florida. I'm like the Denver Nuggets. Hey, keep knocking each other around. Yep. Keep playing. Yep, Just keep playing. The more you play, the more rest we get. Just keep going ahead. It. Beat each keep, other up. Keep, keep extending that series, man. More power to you. 100%. 100% with you. All right. Uh, so, lastly,
5: our Memorial Day uh, fun. Fun yes. and games. Okay? Again, so I, let's get everybody involved here. All right? For the weekend. I'm going to give you sort of an either or choice. There's one category where I'm going to give you three. Just, just one. Three. Okay. Uh, just one, but everything else is just okay. one or the other. All right. Beach or mountains. A Ooh. lot of people like to escape to, to both, you know, for holiday weekends and, and when it, when the weather's nice and well, you know, when the mountains that applies to, to the cold weather too. But if you had your druthers, you had your
6: choice, you can go either. Which one would you go to? I'm not a mountain climber. You know, you got to have stamina and endurance to do that. But what I do like is this. When I go visit my brother in Arizona, the Sedona Mountains are right there. Have you ever been to the Sedona Mountains? I have not. You, it is the most breathtaking uh, mountain range you will ever see. All of the mountains are like red. The dirt is red. You know, it's every and it's so serene up there. And it and this is a town of Sedona. You know, it has it has great. Believe it or not, when you're driving this one one lane road, two lane road into the mountain area you got all these nice hotels, like the best westerns and stuff. And then you go further. You have the town of Sedona, great gift shops, nice restaurants. Mm-hmm. Between the hotels and the, the town itself, you can park your car and you can walk the mountain ranges. Now, the difference is, unlike, you know, in your mind, you're thinking typical mountains. Um, in this case, there's paths on these mountains you can walk that are very you yeah. Know, you're not actually climbing right. rocks you're not and, climbing. Yeah, yeah, and Yeah. And you can mark and you walk and you're looking down at these steep valleys, man. Okay. Right. So beautiful. Right. But I'm going to have to say beaches only because with all the congestion on the beaches, you know, if you got to get there by a certain time, you know, if you don't, you might not get a good spot, you know, and then you got the kids, you know, I'm, I'm hungry. And luckily a lot of the Delaware beaches have a boardwalk right there. So you got yeah. plenty of food to choose from yep. stuff like that. Um, Push down the shove, I'm going to go beaches. Okay. You know, I love this. I, you know me. I love the heat. And when you get yeah. too hot, just step right in the water. Although, as I've told you time and time again, with all the crazy things going on in the water, I don't go above my knees anymore. Yeah, I hear you. But at the very worst, my waist. But see, I, that depends on how many people in, are in the water. If there's a lot of people in the water, the chances of something happening to me lessen.
5: Well that, that works both that. W- okay. So that works both ways. The chances <laughs> of something happen happening to you less than correct. But when there are a lot of people in the ocean, people tend to um sometimes use the ocean yeah. as a as a restroom. Yes. So yeah. a give or take. All right. So my answer is yes. beach. My answer is beach. Now okay. I will tell people if you haven't been um up the valley, we we live where we live, it's Poconos, you know, generally is where you end up going mm-hmm. in this, this this neck of the woods. But if you have been to the to the mountains in the summertime, it's really cool. You can do some white yeah. water rafting yeah. and stuff like that. It's it's just really fun. Like it is, it is absolutely worth it. It's not super hot. Like it's it, it's it's great. It's it's really fun. I'm definitely a beach person. Uh I, I'm not one who can sit there on the I don't want to be baking on the beach, but I like the right. beach better. Right. I like the whole atmosphere, the whole vibe. I'm like you. I like the heat. Uh it doesn't bother me particularly. So I I will take the beach all day. I like I like the whole atmosphere. I like walking the boardwalk. I like if you can find a nice restaurant right there on the water. Like I'm in, man. That that, that's that's way more my speed. I do again. I like both. I'm taking beach though. Beach is my preference.
6: Um, I love you know I love here's the thing. I love the Poconos in the winter. You know they have that uh, what's what's it called the Blue Mountain. Uh, blue Mountain and I don't like I don't like a lot of winter stuff you know I don't like going but I've been there a couple of times in the Blue Mountain area where you can go snowboarding snow tubing yeah. it's like an amusement a winter amusement park and when you go when you get too cold um, they have this um, in, indoor facility where you can go sit and you yeah. can get food and you can get like hot cocoa coffee stuff like that and I like that but that I'll do that once in a blue moon when mm-hmm. it comes to the beaches I don't go to the Jersey beach, beaches anymore I'm not paying to sit on a beach they charge you to sit on the beach. Some do, some don't. Like Wildwood does not.
5: However, Sea yeah. does. Yes. I believe Avalon does. Yeah, there. Are too many of them do. I agree. I think, I think. I think the, the, the beach, beach tag thing is absurd. It's. It, it's just you're. You're. You're already milking me, you know. And everything's already overpriced. You, yes. you know. To to do that is just yeah, it's ridiculous. But that's one of the things I will give Wildwood. Now Wildwood made a very big change this past week, Derek. Okay they are no longer allowing alcohol on the beach. Good. They're, they're cracking down hardcore uh, on on alcohol on the beach. So just an FYI for friends who might be heading down this weekend, you just be, you know, be alert of that. Um, but yeah. Good. Good. But the would does not charge though. I will give them that. You, you can go to their beaches
6: and it's free. So that's cool. I understand people like to take a cooler, you know, beverages and, yeah. and sit in the hot sun and drink and all that good stuff and then cool themselves off in the water. But you get a few people, who overdo it yeah and they get too loud and they get obnoxious and you know the beach time is supposed to be whether you're single whether you're by yourself with a group group of friends or taking your family the beach is supposed to be a very relaxed environment uninhibited you know and you shouldn't have to worry about that you should not have to worry about somebody being drunk on a beach and sometimes you see bottles that are laying in the sand instead of in the containers. Now all beaches have enough containers where oh, you can put them in there. No doubt. There's, but there's some enough people just that, flip it, them on the beach on, a, on it, the sand.
5: To me, that's a disgrace. I mean, when it you is. leave, you leave any kind of trash, whether it's I'm, I'm not, you know, it could be anything. You leave the sandwich wrapper, whatever. That's a disgrace because it's going to end up in the water, and we got enough problems already with yes. the polluted water. And and, yes. and it's bad for all of us. It's bad for the fish. It's bad for everything. So yeah, you got just just. Have the common decent. Oh, just bring a little bag with you, you and stuff it in exactly. your bag. Exactly. Go over to the trash can when you're leaving or, or going to the bathroom, whatever you're doing. Yes. Just throw it out. That's all. It's exactly. Just not that hard. All right. So we're all agreed. Beaches. All right. Um, yep. this is going to be a tough one, Derek. Okay. All right. It's going to be a tough one. When you're grilling, and I'm not getting, the, I'm I'm staying basics here. I'm not. Yep. I know you can do some creative stuff on the grill. I'm I'm staying. I'm going basic.
6: Wait. <laughs> Tone said, I'm going to hide my wine in a thermos. In a thermos. Come on, Tone. Tone Come will on, be the man. Old,
5: yeah, There'll be a lot of creativity going on with that, that's for sure.
6: All right,
5: on the grill, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you three choices here. All right. Hot dog, burger, Hot dog. burger. sausage. Oh, man. You have to choose one of those three. we We're not. We're not going to veer off into everything else that everybody grills. Just of those
6: three, where Ooh. are you going, man? I, I got to let you go first. I got to think about this one because okay. that's a tough one for me. I You're going to
5: be surprised. I, first of all, I like all three on the grill a lot. Like if okay. you, if you handed me any of those three, I'm good. And you won't get any complaints out of me. Okay. okay. But I love a hot dog on the grill. I know it sounds like childish. Uh, uh, I don't care. I did them uh, two weeks ago and I forgot how much I liked the hot dog on the grill. Give me a hot dog. Uh,
6: Dude, I love the char marks. On yes, a hot dog. that's
5: the way I like it. That's yes. exactly the way I like it. A little, yes. little, little yes. char. A yep. little
6: char, and I do like one side slightly more crisp than the other side. So I like them a little crisp. But you sometimes- got to stay on a hot a dog bird. though when yeah. you're grilling. You got to yeah. be
5: like it's yes. a, it's a. You got to be. There's a lot of maintenance with a hot dog as opposed to a burger oh, or man. something else.
6: Man, let's see. Oh my goodness, let's see. I love bur—I love a burger on a grill, man. Yes. I mean, especially when you put the melted, you put the cheese on, close the lid, and let that cheese melt on the grill. Oh. And you know, and I love doing burgers on the charcoal grill because the flavor is so much better than a gas grill. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'll—I'll throw in a couple wood chips to get some smoke in that burger also. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you know, with the with the, man with the, with the sauteed onion, my wife you know a little butter, and she sautes the onions in the pan, and, and you know, oh. so the grilled onion. But, dude, I also love kielbasa. -hmm. Beef sausage and my favorite are Johnsonville brats. Mm -hmm. Now you're forcing me to make a decision. (laughs) Nobody said this was going to be easy, Derek. Nobody said it. Yeah. I love a good hot dog. I love a good burger. Yes. But if I can get a Johnsonville brat off a grill, I'm in heaven, dude. All right. I like it. I love a good charge. You and Tone are on the same page. You're you're both going the sausage route. Okay. The tone was. And man, I tell you what. We buy the big packs of BJ's and Costco's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They get the sausage. circles. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and either beef or kielbasa. Yes, I love a good beef or kielbasa, but I have to go sausage because Johnsonville brats are right there at the top of my wish list. Okay, okay, oh. yeah. I think
5: that's it, a tough one. That was not easy. I know, I know. Um, and it hurt. It hurt. I know. All right. So people want to keep jumping in. Feel free. All right. This is right. this is backyard activity. Would you prefer to just chill on the deck? Or do you like to get out in the yard with a lounge chair? You know, just kind of kick it in the grass a little bit and and, and do your thing. You go on deck, you go on actual lawn to, to relax. I would have to say
6: deck. Okay. As much as I love being out in the yard, you know me, I love working. Yeah, you're in the yard yard. Yard. Yep. yep. You know, I love digging up and planning stuff. I would have to say the deck. Because because you prefaced it by saying when you're lounging, yeah. You know, I don't want to just lounge in the direct sun with no option to either jump in the water to cool off or go. So I'll say under the deck because I got, I got my speakers hooked up now that my son, Tina and, and, and son-in-law Alex gave yeah. me. I got my reef. I got my redone entire uh, patio deck now with a big pergola canopy over it. It's a 12 by 14 big canopy uh per, pergola. So I can sit under there listen to my music, have a nice cold beverage, kick my feet up on the patio furniture and either just, just uh, sit there and just, you know, look at my phone, check in Twitter and social media texas getting caught up on texas or just close my eyes and lay my head back like this for a f- <laughs> few moments before a b starts buzzing around my face uh-huh. just watch time pass by so all i got right. to say the deck in this uh, regard
5: here's why i would go deck and it's a it's a slight lean again this is yep. uh, there's no wrong answers all right um but i'm going deck because it can it, it's a bit of a distinguisher with bugs mm-hmm there's the you you can control the bug situation a little bit better on a deck than you can if you're sitting in the middle of the grass in my opinion okay right with your with you know your your tiki torches that have the the anti-bugs yes you know, yeah. so uh, it, slightly like i said uh plus you probably have more comfortable deck furniture than you do just the the, the basic lounge chair these may be on the grass. Um, but I love – I do love, like, the outdoor activities. I love playing cornhole. I, mean, I, love I agree. Kids who I little agree. play whiffle ball all the time. Like, I love that stuff. Um, but i probably go – I'd probably go on
6: deck. Yeah, and, you, you know, you brought up a good point. Um, I have, let's see, eight tiki torches around my deck, all the way around. Because we have patio furniture on this side, and we have another set of patio furniture over here. One part of it is covered, one part is not. But at night, in the evening, when all the mosquitoes come out, they start tapping your veins, looking for somewhere to dig in. The tiki torches, uh, I, we light them up. They look nice in the night ambience. And yeah. I also have a couple of bug zappers. Yep, you I know, do too. You, you, you plug them babies in. All of a sudden, you're having a conversation. All you hear is, bzzz, yep. you know. But, but here's the thing. The dang tiki, tiki torches don't work in terms of keeping mosquitoes away from you. They look nice. They don't work. So my wife gets these things called citronella candles and put right on the table. Yes. Um, Those work. Yeah. And the bug zappers help, but mosquitoes aren't drawn to light like other bugs are, like the moths and and things like that. And and then um I think it was JM who brought up a good point. Yeah. Carpenter bees are always a battle with my pergola. You know what, JM, you're exactly right. Because you're sitting there relaxed, and all of a sudden, carpenter bees that look exactly like the bumblebee start hovering like helicopters in front of your face and they eat up the wood on your deck. If you don't so I get this I go to Home Depot and Lowe's and I buy this spray specifically for carpenter bees. And I'm like a kid, dude. My wife, my wife and kids are like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I can't wait for one to come near me so I can hit them with that spray. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see them zoom. And I think people, a lot of people are afraid of carpenter bees because they don't distinguish between the two. Carpenter right. bees don't stink, they just chew away at the wood on your deck. You know, bumblebees obviously sting you. If you swat at a bumblebee too much, you tick them off and they'll come at you. Yeah. But you you can tell the difference in the two because bumblebees are always moving like this. They don't – carpenter bees move in, in stagnated patterns. They hover like this, like back and forth. They only fly away when you spray them with a water hose or you spray them directly. So you're right. But carpenter bees, in a lot of ways, are worse than mosquitoes because once they start attacking your deck, you know, yeah, they take there's it no apart. stopping them things, man. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right.
5: All right. So we'll, uh, we'll keep going here. Um, fireworks yay uh, or nay. Yes or no on fireworks. I am a strong. No.
6: Are um, you really? I am. I, I, am. Used to, I used to love fireworks when my kids were little. Cause my kids beat it. Ooh, ah, oh, you know, that kind of thing. I hate going to a destination, you know, uh, like at Penn's landing in Philadelphia. That's where everybody wants to go yep. to watch fireworks out over the over the water. I'm not doing that anymore. Now, where I live, there's and I don't know where they're coming from, but in a distance, there's enough parks around me. Yeah. We sit on the back patio deck and watch fireworks all night. Same, yeah. I can
5: see them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of high schools they'll do it or whatever that you know in your area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I sit, if I sit, I, actually, my front steps is where I can see them uh, in okay. front of my house. But yeah, okay, I and I don't listen. I, I'm not, the, the problem I have isn't the, necessarily like the people, like the pros who do, I don't pro, but whatever. Right. There's so many just knuckleheads in my neighborhood yes. that just want yes. to set this crap off. It scares the dog. It turns into yes. the whole thing. You know? I got
6: three dogs I have to deal with. Yep, exactly. And they go nuts when they start, the, the M80s, J.M. J.M. Uh, breaks up, uh, brings up another good point. The idiots in the neighborhood setting off the cherry bombs, the That's M80s, what I'm talking about. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, yes, you know, it's, it's a lot of them sound like gunshots. And in this and day and does. age, it's you just gotta like, be pop, 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 pop. Yeah. You're like, really? Was that real?
5: I mean, I thought we weren't be worried about something, but yeah. The
6: the worst is the 4th of July because it starts July 3rd, the night <laughs> of July 3rd.
5: And it goes till about July 8th.
6: Yes. Yeah. You know, people have extra fireworks. Hey, let's keep going here. You know, That's, and definitely. you're right. And the dogs are under you. They're like deer ticks. You can't get the dogs off you, uh-huh. or they're howling, barking unmercifully for hours. Yep. you know and then you get some people who have these i don't know where they get them from these fireworks they sound like a boom boom you know, oh, yeah not just oh it, while it's while
5: loud while. it's yeah. like legitimately yeah it can like shake the foundation kind of loud
6: yeah man it's like but but i, I love sitting on the patio and watching fireworks because you get a good hour's worth in any direction from where, right. where i live watching right. the fireworks so yeah. you know but you're right the knuckleheads in the neighborhood that carry the a step too far, make it bad for everybody. Okay, last one, and then we'll, we're going
5: to get <laughs> to, to Eagles talk coming up, and then we have Mike Sealski at 1 o'clock to talk about the Sixers coaching
6: search. Last hey, one. Tone to said that may be dynamite.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, uh, all right, last one. Water ice or ice cream as a treat ooh, after you've had your, ooh, you know, your, your, your sausage or hamburger ooh, or, or ooh. hot dog? Yeah, which one are you going with?
6: Man, you are tough today. And you um, can't
5: answer gelati, which is a combination of both. Don't try that's and what weasel, I was going to
6: say. Don't try and weasel
5: out with that. No, you have to pick one. I agree. I love a gelati, but, but you got to pick one or the other. One or okay. the
6: other. I, let me start by saying my favorite ice cream is Brewster's Butter Pecan Ice Cream. I l- love Brewster's. Oh. We used to have it
5: all the time when we would go to Ocean City, Maryland, okay. uh, like Delaware. Yeah, I love, love Brewster's. Yeah, yeah.
6: I have a I have a Brewster's about six miles from me that we go to once a month. Our, our freezers are filled with, you know, pints, quarts, of Brewster's, you know, their black walnut when they have it, butter yep. pecan, and some of this peanut butter, brickle stuff. I mean, great. I love my ice cream. But nothing beats a good water ice. See, I'm a slush kind of guy. I love mm-hmm. a slush. I'll go to Dairy Queen and get a blue raspberry slush. Every now and then, I love a good slush. Water ice, Rita's water ice. Oh Rita's water ice is like crack, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, my cherry. goodness. I'm a, I'm a cherry guy. See, when it comes to Rita's water ice, I I love the lemon. The lemon mm-hmm. water ice is so good, man. And I love the lemon gelati. Man, and my family tells me I'm so predictable when it comes to certain things. Like when I go to Rita's. I always get the same thing. Yeah, yeah. When I go to a Mexican restaurant, I always judge a mes- Mexican restaurant by the same meal. You know what you like. I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. My yeah. wife likes to try different things. Oh, you got to try different things. When you're paying good money, especially nowadays, overpriced. Everything's overpriced. I don't want to walk away from a table saying I didn't enjoy my meal. When you, when we go to res- Italian restaurants, she likes to try different things. I already know what I want. Mm-hmm. I want to get my. I want to get my angel hair seafood fettuccine. And I want I want some scallops in it and I want some shrimp in it. Yeah. You know, or I might, you know, a little crab meat or you know, something like that. I'm good. Yeah. Why don't you get something else? Because I know I'm going to enjoy this.
5: I agree. I agree. The yeah, had the cold stone creamery, uh, for people who may not know. Um mm. uh, it is yes. is really bad yeah, they're coming in fast and furious, is good yes. that's up by Penn State up on Penn State's main campus right Wait, well, you don't have one near you oh there's Coldstones I'm thinking of the Penn State stuff that's the, okay. the creamery they just call it. but Coldstone creamery is great yeah I have one near me it's
6: right actually yeah Penn, I have one about the, yeah, yeah. I have one about another matter of fact I have a Coldstone right across the street from the from the um uh Brewster's where I, uh, six miles from me so I'm either or you're right Coldstone is awesome I probably go slightly in ice cream but it's
5: it, it is a difficult choice. Really?
6: Yes. Barely. Wow. Barely. Yeah, but that's uh See, I only picked water ice because if say say you're drinking it out in a hot element, you know, you're not in the house. It's more refreshing if you're hot. Yeah, and, and when ice. it's, it'll turn liquidy, but so you yeah. can drink the liquid off the bottom real quick and still yes. have the ice in there. Yes. Whereas an ice cream, you got to eat it real fast. And you so got to the go fast. Real. It, it's you chaos. Know. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be in a 100 yard dash eating ice cream out in the warm weather. You know, water
5: ice is also better. Like if you're, if you're the one in the passenger seat, say you're not driving, it's easier yeah. in the car. Yes. If yes. you're in the car with ice cream, man, you got to be going hard because that's going to be all over you, you know, really quick. Cool. Yes. I so, you it. know,
6: even even when you have the AC on, if you're in a car, yep. it's still hot enough to where it's dripping down. You. I'm like, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, it doesn't. I want to enjoy it in my leisure. I don't want to, I'm going to be in a race to enjoy it. I hear you.
5: All right. Uh, it was fun. Well, we'll maybe we'll mix some stuff later in the show, too, uh, regarding uh, Memorial Day. All right. Let's come back. Uh, let's talk some birds when we get back. Um, we're going to dig into a bunch of different things. I'm going to ask you what the biggest loss you think is on the defensive line, and we're going to project numbers for 2023. All we're right. We're going to look at what Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown Devonte Smith Dallas Goddard did last year versus what we think they're going to do this year all right we'll get into all that when we come back at one o'clock it'll be Mike sealski yeah do you want to add something Goddard? you want to throw something in there
6: no I am oh, ju- good? No, I'm good I'm just looking at the chat. John Dickerson one of the few times I will ever agree with you frozen custard in Wisconsin is really good it is so good. Oh my goodness. It's one of the few times, John. Let me emphasize again. It's one of the few times I will ever agree with you on anything. I just
5: want you to know that. <laughs> yes, because he started with you early. I like it. He poked the yes. poked the bear early. Oh yeah. All right. Let's uh let's come back. We'll do some birds. All right. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're sports take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown because look, perfect, right? You don't feel like cooking tonight. Who feels like cooking? Who feels like cooking today for lunch? Get some Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They are proud sponsors of the channel of Sports Take as well. I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. You got Alex and the crew just doing their thing, man. 20 different styles of pizza. They do have slices as well if you just want to pop in and pop out. I love the upside down that they make. But they have the this great, great, uh, you know, to me, I think it's, There's a lot of times you get pigeonholed with certain kinds of pizza. Not the case with Bravo Pizza. They have the specialized pizza made your way. You request it, they'll make it for you. But they don't just have pizza. They have fresh pasta. They have sandwiches. They have wraps. They have wings. They have salads. They're also committed to the community. Uh, They hold fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, all the time where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, and get all the promotions and specials at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. What's up, everybody? Appreciate you hanging out with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports' YouTube network. Let's hit that like button. We do appreciate it. All right, Gunnar, let's talk some birds here. Um, let's start with this. Let's do the projections first. Um, the projections, all right. So we're going to look at uh, last year's numbers, last year's stats for uh, the, on the offensive side. We're going to do defense on Tuesday when we get back, all right? So okay. we'll start with offense here. So last year... Jalen Hurts threw for 3,701 yards. He had a 66.5 completion percentage. He had 22 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a 101.6 passer rating. He also rushed 165 times for 760 yards and had 13 touchdowns on the ground. So he had a total of 35 touchdowns altogether. Okay. So that's what he did last year, where he was runner up MVP and all pro and all that stuff took the eagles to the super bowl all right so my question for you is let's let's look into your crystal ball here okay what he's going to do this year how those numbers will improve uh decline stay the same what what are you projecting for him uh going into this upcoming season
6: i i predict that the passing numbers are going to go up and the rushing numbers are going to go down And as we listen to Nick Sirianni talk about the evolution of his offense and how there will be more added to the offense, you know, they've done a great job of surrounding Jalen with enough pass catchers. We have to keep into consideration also that Dallas Goddard missed five games due to an injury. Right. So that took away some of the tight end element of the game. Um, I think he will easily surpass 4,000 yards passing and people want to make slight The fact that, oh, he only threw for 22 touchdowns. Well, he ran because that was part, that's a significant part of his game. He will still run, especially being the young quarterback that he is. Mm -hmm. But you also have to take into consideration he lost a couple of games because of a shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. And he played probably the rest of the season when he came back less than 100%, although he had a phenomenal game in that Super Bowl game. But I think Nick Sirianni is more concerned about keeping him upright and, and, and available for every game more so than putting him out there and, and exposing him to being hit more. 165 carries. He was the second-leading rusher on Right. Team. I don't like my quarterback being the second-leading rusher. You know, I think that, that number of carries, 165, will go down. And his passing numbers, I, I do believe he will get close to 30 touchdown passes this year, may even surpass it and pass for well over uh, 4,000 yards this season.
5: Okay. I think that's fair. Look, I, I would look at it this way. Here's here's where I would go yep. with him. I'm assuming health. Uh, I got 4,000 yards. I have 25 touchdowns. I have yep. seven interceptions. Okay. I have <clears throat> 68 completion percentage, yep. up slightly from 66.5. 103 passer rating. Yep. Up a little bit. Less rushes. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say 590 rushing yards. Okay, and I'm gonna say 12 touchdowns on the ground. So he would be okay. at 37 touchdowns, just seven interceptions total. Mm. Still pretty good.
6: Yeah, pretty good. That's a, that's an outstanding season. Yeah, a lot of quarterbacks will kill for. It no doubt in, in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think if he if those numbers, what we're projecting, are anything close to what he achieves, this team's gonna be right back there yeah. in, in the thick of the playoff scenario and pushing to make this Super Bowl again. I mean, this is an offense that they did not have to rebuild. They only have to retool in two areas, running back and right guard. Right. They have everything else you need. And hopefully they get better production out of a third and fourth receiver if needed. Mm-hmm. But everything else they have right now, they won 14 out of 17 regular season games and went two and one in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a season.
5: It is. Okay? It is. It's incredible. Actually, I'll take that. I mean, obviously no. you
6: want to win the Super Bowl, but, yeah. but I'll take those numbers. Yeah,
5: Yeah. I agree with you. If they looked exactly the same, you'd be thrilled. I mean, that's for sure. All right, let's go to. We're going to skip running back because they don't have Miles Sanders and and nothing to you know to sort of base it off of. So we'll just do the receivers and the tight ends. Okay, so let's do AJ Brown next. AJ Brown last year had uh, 88 catches, 1,496 yards, 17 yards per catch, and 11 touchdowns. Okay, Um, big time year, big time year. For AJ, what do you think is realistic for him this season,
6: now second year in this offense working with Jalen? I think uh, those numbers will be very similar again this year. You know, he just missed 1,500 yards by four yards. I think he'll have similar numbers. I mean, think about it. A lot of the receivers that get 1,500 yards receiving have 110, 115, 120 catches. You look at, you know, Devontae Adams. He had 100 catches. to get over 1,000 yards. Um, but AJ had eighty-eight catches, averaged seventeen yards a catch, and still had eleven touchdowns. Teams tried to stop him; they couldn't stop him. They tried to slap him on those slant routes; couldn't stop him. He's a big body, physical dude. You're not just going to bring him down with 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 one ta- one arm tackling. You're not going to push him off his routes. You know, most DBs have so much respect for him that they give him that cushion. So I think that slant routes going to be there time and time again uh, this year. He might go over 90 catches, but I'm going to say he's going to be right there at 88, 90 catches, 1,500 yards, 11 or 12 touchdowns, averaging 16 to 18 yards per catch.
5: Yeah, I don't think the number's vary much. And I will say this, he might even be down slightly from the 88, which is not a bad thing. You're going to have Dallas Goddard, I'm assuming, if you have Dallas Goddard the whole season. He's going to get some of those catches devontae smith is just going to get better yeah, in my yeah. opinion which will you know I and mean, look he had 95 catches last year but i think he could get over the 100 100 catch mark because he's such a precise route runner yeah all those things may cut in a little bit to a.j brown's uh, productivity in terms of catches but right. i still think it'll be right. as effective so all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 80 catches uh, 1,400 yards, and I actually think he'll get a uh, one more touchdown. 12 okay. touchdowns, 15 yards per catch. Okay. All Sign right. me up, all right, if that's what all it right. is. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's go Devontae. As I mentioned, 95 catches last year, 1,196 yards, almost got to the 1,200-yard mark, 12.6 yards per catch, seven touchdowns.
6: I think his catch numbers, his yards, may go down a little bit, and I'll explain why in a few minutes when we get to, to to the next guy. And I think he he'll get like nine TD catches. Okay, that's what I think. You know, there'll be so much focus on trying to stop AJ. He's going to get the Devonta's going to get the one on one coverage that he wants, and I think he's going to be even more explosive in terms of stretching the field this year. I think his catch total will be right around 85. His yard total right around 1,100. He'll still average about 12 and a half, 13 yards a catch, and he'll have nine touchdown catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you
5: know, hey, I think the sky's the limit there for him. Yes. You know I really like, to in the Super Bowl? What? He made some tough catches where he got yeah, he drilled.
7: Did.
6: Yeah, and, that one and, catch and, on the sideline? Oh. Oh, oh. You know,
5: and and he just he just kept rolling, man. He's he's tough. Like he's wiry. I know he's not jacked. I get it. He's a skinny yep. guy by nature, but he is he's a tough dude. He for sure is a tough dude. No question. Uh, give, him, give him a lot of props. I, I I would look at Devontae in this sense. I think he gets over a hundred catches. Over a hundred. He's going to wow. Get, yeah, he's okay. going to get at least five more catches this year. Um, I think he's over twelve hundred yards. I think the touchdowns go up slightly to about nine um and i think his yards per catch are going to be up a little bit not much right around 13 okay. or 14 but i think i'll have a good year for sure okay all right lastly dallas goddard now yeah, yeah everything has to in in the uh in the prism here that he only played in 12 games as opposed to 17 he missed those yes. five games so he had 55 catches 702 yards more than uh 12.8 yards per carry still good only found the end zone three times. <clears throat> yep. Excuse me, three times. So, uh, what are you thinking for Dallas this upcoming season?
6: Well, here's the reason why I said um, Devontae's numbers will suffer a little bit um, because Dallas missed those five games. Dallas is the safety valve. Okay, first of all, AJ is is Jalen's go to guy. They've been boys from way back in the day, and obviously the numbers show that. Um, so, I think he's going to be his, his guy again. Dallas's numbers are going to go up because he's he's going to catch more than 55. I think he's going to be in the 70 catch range. You know, he missed 5 games. That's a big that's a big loss. It is. In terms I, of the tight end passing game, yeah. I think his yards will be closer to 900 and I think he will have at least 6 or 7 touchdown catches. He'll still average about 12-13 yards a catch. But as 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 much as the the tight end position, the Eagles did a great job of mixing mixing and matching with Calcaterra and Stoll. They miss that safety valve tight end of Dallas Goddard being there. Yeah. If he can stay healthy the entire season, and again, my numbers, are, my my projection numbers are based on him being there for a full seventeen game season. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said I think he'll have over seventy catches, nine hundred plus yards, and about six or seven touchdowns.
5: Okay. All right. Yeah. I look. I think again, if you're assuming he's healthy, which he he's had a tough time staying on the field for the entire yep. you know sixteen or seventeen. Yep. Uh, I think what's fair for him is I don't think he gets over a thousand. You're not gonna have 3000 yard receivers, but no, I think he gets in the eight hundreds. I think his his touchdowns will increase a little bit, maybe five or six somewhere around there, which is, is all good while, while we're at it, while we're on the tight end and we'll we'll get to the defense a little bit later. Um, who do you see being the backup tight end? Is it Stoll? Is it Arnold? Is it (sighs) Calcaterra? Is it Tyree Jackson?
6: I, I think more so than it's Arnold. Okay. I think Arnold's going to be that guy. Arnold's a decent blocker, good hands. Um, I, I just think he's going to be elevated to that role. It's not to say that there's not a role for Calcaterra Stoll. I just think that Dan they, they brought Dan Arnold in here for a reason because of his experience. And I think he's going to be the guy who's going to move up and be that number two guy.
5: Okay. Um. I, yeah. Look. I, I think it's up in the air. I, if Calcaterra can develop his blocking skills a little bit more. Yeah. And I know that's never going to be his strength, but because he's such a threat down the field, he is a guy that you. I. I, I would think that you have to figure out a way to get him on the field. Uh. At times, but. Uh, and I know he's got a connection with Jalen, right? I mean, then they they cross paths at Oklahoma, I believe. Yes. Yes. Those two did. So. Um. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if that ends up being the case there with those two. But yeah, I mean. You kind of know what you're getting with Stall, you know, in terms of his blocking ability and, and those kind of things. But you feel like he's ultimately replaceable. If somebody can give you something <clears throat> in the blocking game, you know. Well, you
6: know, you, you look at an Arnold. He has seven years in the league. Um, he he's only played a full season one time, and that was last year in Jacksonville. Right. Um, he's never had more than 45 catches in a season. His best years, 438 yards. That was back in 2020 when he was in Arizona. Yeah. But you know, I remember watching him play thinking, man, this dude is an underrated tight end. Right. In terms of his blocking ability and he's he's for his career, 7-year career, he's averaged 13 yards a catch. So he has ability to separate. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's played in some really good passing offenses in New Orleans, in Arizona, and in Jacksonville. Yeah. So that's why I think that he will be that number 2 guy. Eagles got him at a bargain basement price um and I think he will elevate to that number 2 I mean, he's a big dude. He's not oh. a little dude. Six, six, 220. No, he's big. He's big, big boy. You yep. know. Yep. Um, and he went to UW Platteville, Wisconsin. There, I knew you'd work yeah, it in. Yeah,
5: baby. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah,
6: baby. Uh, oh, all right.
5: Oh. So we'll come back. Uh, we'll hit. We'll hit some more Eagles in a bit. But uh, when we come back, Mike Sealski is going to join us from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Wrote a really interesting piece about the Sixers' uh, coaching candidates and some of the flaws of some of them. Uh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll run. Don Staley, we'll throw Jay right out there. We'll hit all that kind of stuff when we come back with Mike. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Time right now for me to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because finding the right person to trust with your finances is critical. It is critical. You work way too hard not to invest with the right person. And Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, they are the right person and people, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business. You try to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can assist you with. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k ro- rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, murra Jim at principal.com. That's Jim at principal.com.
1: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch six ABC twenty four seven with the six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
6: For the big story on Action News, search six ABC
4: Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> so to go to that fake mom. Mama, go, oh, Mama, She did
0: it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
7: Uh-huh.
2: Gles Eagles.
5: Welcome back, everybody. Happy, happy Friday, one and all. Hope you're doing well out there. Hope you have a great, relaxing weekend planned. I'm Rob Ellis. He's Derek Gunn. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Joining us right now, the preeminent columnist in the Delaware Valley. uh, I would even say America global. Uh, if you will, Derek on, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's no boundaries on Mike Sealski and you can also we're, listen to We're him. not
6: worthy. We're each not worthy. And every sa-
5: just like he wrote it every each and every Saturday with Glenn MacNell at 10 AM on 94 WIP. What's up, Michael,
3: Rob, I got to hire you to be my agent, man. That was the greatest introduction in the history of introductions. There's a
5: per- percentage connected to that introduction, Mike. I didn't, I forgot <laughs> to tell you,
3: um, 14 good- and good- a half, That's 14 right. and a half percent.
5: I hear you. Um, love the piece on the on the coaching search and the flaws and all that good stuff uh as usual but I, I I wanted to I want to start with this before I dive into like Nick nurse and that kind of stuff for the sixers yeah. assign a percentage or just give me your gut we aren't hearing anything necessarily there hasn't been a denial which I don't think means anything ultimately but from Jay Wright or Don Staley is there any chance? That that could potentially happen here, and we're all being sort of hoodwinked with all the usual suspect guys,
3: the retreads, if you will. I would be really, really, really surprised. I, I just would. I, I mean, I, you can't rule out anything completely, Rob, mm-hmm. but I, I would be really, really surprised. I think Jay loves what he's doing. I think he loves it more than he thought he would. I talked to him about this actually during the NCAA tournament, when he was uh, an in-studio analyst for Turner Sports and CBS during March Madness. And he's really good at it. He's making a ton of money. He's Mm -hmm. got endorsements all over the place. He is beloved in the Philadelphia region. And he would be kind of putting all of that at risk to come in and coach the Sixers for what? I, I, unless he really, unless he really misses it. And I don't, I don't mean that to say, I like, love
5: the disdain in the, for what, I mean, that was like,
3: well, and, and I don't mean it necessarily just for the Sixers. I mean, it in the NBA as a yeah, whole, like yeah. he, to me, he doesn't have anything else to prove. Nobody thinks less of Mike Krzyzewski yeah. or of Don Staley right. for not having coached in the NBA. So yeah. why does that standard apply to Jay, Jay, Wright? I don't think it does, and I think he's smart enough to understand, and I made this point in the column you just referenced, that when he was at Villanova, if they got bounced in the second or first round of the tournament, it was a discussion topic in Philadelphia for 24 hours at most, and then everybody moved on to, oh, are the Eagles going to draft a running back? Or, "Uh uh-oh, who's the Phillies' fifth starter going to be? And that was that. The first time, if he takes the job with the Sixers, the first time they have a three-game losing streak, people are going to be saying, this guy was never that good a coach. <laughs> why, why would you put up with that if you were him? Just relax on Long Beach Island and enjoy yeah. yourself. I, so- I
5: have this argument with my son all the time. We, a debate. It's not really an argument. But he says to me, What do you want the ultimate challenge, right? He says, if, if you're Jay Wright, you've, you've climbed the mountaintop in college. You don't you want to go to the NBA and blah, blah, blah? And I said, number one, he has coached Team USA. He knows what these guys are like. He knows you're hired to be fired. He knows they have con- they they have a, a ultimate say because of what they're making. It, you know, it's a yeah. no win in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Whereas before, especially before Sorry. the transfer portal and and nil, he had a, a, a much bigger hand in in things. I just think because he's also seen it up close and personal, and everything you laid out with how much he's enjoying life without the aggravation and the pressure. I I don't see it now. I, the, the, you can always say, never say never. If, if the Sixers said, here's a blank check, check Jay, of course. Who, who am I to say he shouldn't do it? I just don't see it. I'm, I'm with you.
3: You know, here's the thing, Rob. And it's it's possible this is a Philadelphia way to look at it. And, and this is going to sound really egotistical on my part, but I, I, I don't mean it this way. So I worked in New York for three years, okay, at the Wall Street Journal. And I was a grunt up in New York. I was covering the Jets. I was covering the Mets. Yeah. Uh, You could you could if you wanted to kind of draw an analogy with Jay coaching on the Olympic team. He he was a grunt coach on the Olympic team. okay. Mm -hmm. But as you said, Rob, he got a taste of what it was like to deal with pros and to see what that life is like. Maybe that's all it takes for him. You know, for me, it was all it took. I got three years. I love my time in New York. And you know what? I'm back in Philly where I'm comfortable, where I always wanted to be. And it's been great and I don't ever want to leave. Yeah. And maybe Jay looks at it the same way. Like, you know what? I was great in Villanova and I got a taste of dealing with NBA guys in the Olympics. And I can say I dealt with it. And that's that. And again, please don't take that as anything other than, you know, my own personal way of sure. looking looking at it from his standpoint. I'm not saying you know, I'm Jay Wright or anything like that.
6: Yeah. I see, see, Mike, when I look at it, the family element comes into play. The man has spent his entire career roaming the country, trying to be the best coach he can possibly be. And as we all know, when you're a coach, your family suffers to a certain degree. You suffer because you miss out on a lot of the little family elements that go on, you know, certain growth spurts in your kids, certain things that they do, certain functions, whether it's a kid's game, a play, a musical, or something like that. And now I believe he has grandchildren. He wants to be there. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he has grandchildren. I think you're Um, right. I think he wants to be there. He's made his money. He's done something that multitudes of coaches at the collegiate level will never have the uh, the opportunity to do. He's won not one, but two national championships. He's now sitting in the confines of an uh, an air-controlled studio making a seven-figure income, just giving his opinion. He doesn't have to be at practices every day. He doesn't have to be on road trips anymore. He doesn't have to babysit a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds anymore. You're still making money. You still have your side endorsements and you are you you're in more control of your life now. And he's over 60 years of age, still a young man. Why would you want anything else at this stage? I mean, some guys are just habitual coaches. You look at a Bill Belichick, nice. they're gonna take Bill Belichick out of Foxborough in the coffin. He's not gonna give up coaching. Pete Carroll the same way. Yep.
3: Gunner, you are so right. And think about it. Belichick occurred to me while you were talking. Yeah. And the other guy who occurred to me was Rick Patino.
6: Okay. Yeah, good point. Good point.
3: And think about those two guys. Jay has a terrific family. Patty, his wife, was with him basically every step of the way when he was coaching Villanova. And it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to devote more time in his life to that aspect of his life. And when you think about guys who are in their 60s and 70s, who are still bouncing from job to job, yeah. look at their home lives, look at their personal lives. Neither Bill Belichick nor Rick Patino are someone I would want to emulate as a husband or father or as yeah. someone interacting yeah. interpersonally with people. Yeah. I just wouldn't.
5: Stay out of those restaurants, Mike.
3: Darn right. <laughs> You know, and and you guys see it, too. We're all at that stage of our lives where, you know, there are things other than devoting every single waking moment to your yes. job. Yep. You yes. know, other things matter more.
6: Yep. And he has the summers off now. Yeah. He doesn't have to hit the recruiting trail. Yeah, go down the shore. Hoop. Do whatever yeah. you want.
5: Yeah. You know, enjoy the fruits why, of your labor, man. Why I, would I you
6: just... want that headache? I don't no,
5: know. I wouldn't. Okay. And and just on Dawn, I I don't, you know, I just, you throw it out there. I don't don't
3: think the timing is, is right. My colleague, Mike Jensen wrote a column a week or two ago, you know, making the case that the Sixers would would be smart to hire Dawn Staley. And look, I think she could do the job. I think Mike made a very compelling case. Marcus Hayes made a similar case last year, the year before. I just think that this is the wrong kind of situation for her. There's always going to be a novelty to the first female head coach in the NBA. And that's how people are going to look at that hire, no matter who it is, no matter where it is. And the Sixers are not in a, in a stage right now where the novelty helps them at all. If anything, it's a distraction. If anything, it's a divergent from what their goal should be, which is Mm to hire a head coach who can help them win a championship. I think Don Staley could do that. I think the the novelty of it uh, would be something they don't want to deal with and, and shouldn't want to deal with makes sense
6: you know what not not only (laughs) that mike but i think don knows this city well she knows the passion of this fan base if it goes south she knows how critical this fan base can be if it was an opportunity let's say a charlotte a new new orleans um a, a lesser media contingent a less volatile market maybe she would consider it more but right now she's in a position where she walks on water in south carolina she has probably more clout than the governor in the state of South Carolina. Why would you want to leave that environment? She writes her own ticket in South Carolina. She has more pull than the athletic director and probably the president of the university. Why would you want to leave that environment? You you have the holy grail at your disposal right now.
3: You know, Gunnar, I used that, that term, maybe this is a Philadelphia thing earlier, and I've always thought that with respect to Dawn Staley. Yes, it, yes. it puzzled the hell out of me that people were like, why wouldn't she want to take the Temple men's job? Well, for one thing, she's getting paid much more as the South Carolina women's coach than it's she would have been a as, as the Temple men's coach. Yeah, it's, it's a, a better you. job. But yeah. we all in Philadelphia, in this region, think that, like, well, why wouldn't you want to come back to Philadelphia no matter what? Like, I wanted to. You guys love it here, but not everybody yeah. does. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Jay Wright and, and Dawn Staley are able to see things a little more clearly than most fans around here.
6: And and this is not in any way, shape, or form a knock on Philadelphia or Temple, for that matter. Do you honestly think Don Staley would win a national championship coaching at Temple? I don't. It would be extremely tough.
5: It would be. They, we, I think as as the years go on, you appreciate yeah. more what John Cheney did. At least, yes. I I yes. Would think that people do that. It's a, it is a tough spot. Yes. They're in a bad conference. Look, I'm I'm a Temple guy. I could I, I could go on and bore you guys forever with this. It's it is a very difficult position yes. the yeah. new coach Fisher is in.
6: But you go you yes. go to South Carolina. It's warmer weather for a lot of potential recruits. Yep. Um, the ambiance there. Uh, is a lot more appealing, and understandably mm-hmm. so, in a lot of ways. And there's a great talent pool of players in that South region that she basically now gets to pick and choose from the creme de la creme because of her pedigree and what she's built at that program already.
3: She she can be the Shashevsky, the Gino Ariema, the yes. Pat summit yes.
6: of the 21st century
3: if mm-hmm. she wants to be. Yeah, absolutely. All right, like So let, let's look point.
5: at the some of the others here. You know the nurse, the Budenholzer, the the Vogel, et cetera, Mike D'Antoni. Um, I, I personally, to me, it's Nick Nurse by a long stretch. But but if you're handicapping this thing in in terms of what you would like to see them do, what do you think uh, for the others?
3: I wouldn't have an issue with Nurse at all. I think he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, Monty Williams is the one who is curious to me. Uh, and I wonder if he might be the best fit for a couple of reasons. First of all, look at the offense. He ran in Phoenix. It was beautiful basketball. It was not stand around, watch James Harden dribble at the top of the key, high pick and roll with Joel Embiid. It was move the ball, get open shots. Now, some of that is a function of the team he had in Phoenix right. with Chris Paul as a point guard and, uh, Devin Booker on the outside and Mikhail Bridges for a time and, and all of that. Uh, but, The principles could certainly still apply no matter what his personnel is. Secondly, I think from a a personality and character standpoint, you couldn't do better than Monty Williams. He's familiar with Philadelphia, having been an assistant under Brett Brown for a year. He knows Joel Embiid. uh, And if we all agree that one of the chances you have to take in firing Doc Rivers and bringing in a new coach is doing something to try to push Embiid and Harden, if he's still here, to that next level, which they clearly showed against the Celtics, they weren't able to get to. I'm skeptical they'll ever get there. But if if the calculation is maybe a new coach will inspire them, it seems to me Monty Williams might be the best bet for that. Now mm-hmm. Nick Nurse could probably do that too. Maybe one of the other candidates could as well. Whether you're talking about Frank Vogel or Mike Budenholzer, uh, but. I like Monty Williams. Uh, and look, if they hire Monty or Nick Nurse, I think they they would do great. I really do.
6: Do you think that this team in any way, shape or form, when you take into consideration, they're handcuffed by cap restraints. They need to move a couple of pieces, i.e. Tobias Harris in, in, in general, but they are not going to get back the quality that you want for Tobias Harris that this team in any way, shape, or form can get better this year? Because Rob and I have sat here this week and we have said, goodbye, James Harden. Thank you for your contributions. It's time to go. But if you get rid of James Harden, whatever you put in this place is not going to be as good as James Harden, even though James Harden frustrates the heck out of you. I don't see how this team can get better this year, Mike, until they get out from this this dark cloud of this cap restraint until next year.
3: Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying there, Gunner, and it creates an interesting question. Do you, do you try to run it back knowing everything that you just laid out, or do you take what Spike, Spike Eskin, formerly at WIP and now at yeah. WFAN, called a gap year? Do you say to yourself, you know what, if we sign James Harden, even for two years, it immediately becomes the worst contract in the NBA? Yep. Yeah. You know, for two years, for three years, for four years – we're counting down to the end of that deal as soon as he signs it. So let him walk. Assume you're going to be worse this year. See what happens with Tobias Harris. If you can trade him, trade him. If you can't, well, let him walk. He'd become a free agent. He's off your books. You're going to have to sign Maxi, I would think. And then you can take a run at it when Embiid is 31. Now, look, are you maximizing Joel's prime in that regard? No, you're probably not. But, are you also adding the kind of piece or pieces that MB clearly we see now needs around him to be able to get to the conference finals and beyond? We've seen this now for six or seven years, that if Joel is the alpha dog, it's probably going to end in the second round, as great as a player as he is, because once you get into the, the playoffs, the small differences between superstars become multiplied the Kobe's, the Duncan's, the LeBron's, the Steph's, even the Giannises in a certain year will separate themselves from that slightly lower tier. And right now, Joel is in that slightly lower tier because he just doesn't seem to have that, that kill or die mentality that uh, a pro athlete needs to have in these biggest moments. He just, he hasn't shown that he has it. And I, I wish he would as a basketball fan, as someone who, you know, was curious to see whether the Sixers would get past the second round, but he just didn't. And we have to face facts with that. So uh, maybe taking a step back this year and and kind of regrouping rather than reloading is the best way to go.
0: I think
5: Uh, Mike, the only that look, the step back thing makes sense. And I think it's probably the best way to go. My sense is organizationally because Maury is, is not a step back kind of guy. Uh, He's an adder honor, if you will. Um, And there were so many years of the process that I don't know that they would want to even ask a fan base to to go that route, even if you're implying it without saying it. And he's so in love with Harden that I think it clouds his judgment too. I I just, I think it would make sense, but I don't see them doing it, unfortunately.
3: Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, Rob, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. I think one of the smartest things, look, I, I got along real well with Sam Hankey when he was here. And I, at the time, I was, yeah, let's do the process. Clear the decks. It might not work, but it might pay off big. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it didn't pay off big. Okay? They got Embiid, and they missed in a whole bunch of picks. And there were burner accounts, and Markel Foltz, and Ben Simmons, and all that I get it. Okay? But one of the smartest things that Hinky ever said, he and I were having lunch one day. And I asked him about the process. It was like, why are you doing this? You know, what if it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. And he said, look, if you, if you are going to war and your enemy has bazookas and you have slingshots, you're going to lose no matter how badly you want to fight. You have to get bazookas yourself no matter how long it takes before you can enter that battle. And I think the Sixers are in the same kind of boat right now. His argument then was, we've got to get better players. And the best way to get those players is to draft them. And the easiest way to draft them is to be bad, to get high draft picks. Well, where are the Sixers now? They've got Embiid and they've got Maxi, But are, are they really going to get to where they want to get to if they bring Harden back and run this thing back again? No. I don't think they are. Nope. I don't think they are now, you know, maybe we're all wrong about that, but I don't, I just don't see it. So no matter how much they might want to placate the fans by running it back, first of all, I'm, I, I think that's a, that's a dubious proposition. I'm not too. sure most fans want them to run it back.
7: Yep. No. no. Um,
3: you know, I, I would endorse doing the smart thing, which would seem to me to be take a step back and. Clear as much of the decks as you can and come at this thing in 2024.
6: All right, then, then I asked this question. Then. At what stage does the Embiid tenure end in Philadelphia when you finally just say, you look at what Utah did. They ran it as far as they could. They couldn't get past to a certain point. And then Utah just gutted that team and started all over. At what point do the Sixers have to look at this and say, we went as far as we could with Joel. Now it's time to go in a different direction. The big man in today's game, it's not as we grew up knowing it anymore. You got seven-footers now that play outside on the perimeter more so than camping down underneath the basket, waiting for you to feed them down in low. How many times do we see guys driving the paint for a layup, a potential two-pointer? I saw it last night in the Boston game. Time and time again on both teams, guys got easy buckets. They kick it out to the wings. So the big man, the dominant big man in the middle, even though Joel is the best big man as we know it traditionally, it doesn't exist in today's NBA game anymore. So how soon does this tenure with Embiid end? All right. You, you got a lot going on there, Gunner. So I'm going to yep. try to hit everything.
3: So first of all, all, right, all I I'm think, timing
6: you, by the way. Go ahead. Okay.
3: Go. So first of all, I don't think they're trading Embiid unless he wants to be traded. And I wouldn't trade Embiid unless he wants to be traded. I do think there is value in having a superstar player spend his entire career with a particular franchise if he wants to. So unless he pounds on Daryl Morey and Josh Harris's office doors and says, get me out of here, I'm not trading Joel Embiid. Number two, I think your point about the big men in today's NBA has been true for a long time. But I wonder if it's shifting to me. The biggest weakness in Joel Embiid's game, and this was shown in that Celtics series, was that the Sixers could never just post him up and right. have him back down whoever was guarding him and have him shoot a hook shot or a turnaround or just bully ball the guy into an easy basket. Right. Watch Nikola Jokic. For all the versatility he has, he can do that. Yeah. Look at the Celtics' Heat series – Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are elite wing players who haven't been great for a good bit of this series, right. The Heat have Jimmy Butler, but it's not like they have a whole bunch of great wing players either. No, no. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's just an anomaly uh, and maybe you're right that the trend is still there and you need those wing players. And I think you probably do, but there can be exceptions to that. But to me, I think the biggest weakness in Embiid's game is, is the fact that he's almost too modern too much of the time. Like he can do all these amazing things where he catches the ball in the post and turns and faces and takes a guy off the dribble. That's great. You know, and then he gets double teamed and hesitates to pick up where the double team is coming from and turns the ball over Mm -hmm. or dribbles the ball too much and turns the ball over. Sometimes it's good to be able to just dump the ball down low to a seven footer, have him shoot a hook or a turnaround over a smaller player and get an easy two and move on from there.
5: Yeah. I think part of the problem, Mike, with him on the block is, He's too hurt or too tired during stretches of games to want to go down there and bang. And he, what you see is if it's not the pick and roll at the nail when Joe Missoula makes the adjustment of going big, big, there's no counterpunch. Some of that falls on Doc or fell on Doc Rivers, but some of that falls on them. You're, he has no left hand and be as great as he is. He has no left hand. He doesn't have a hook. He doesn't have a lot of moves around the bucket. You're right. Uh, you know, maybe that's some of that is just, coming to the game at 15, 16 years old,
3: whatever. So, all right. So you, you hit on this, Rob, which is, I I was going to, when you finished speaking, I was going to ask if I could give you my Joel Embiid theory Mm -hmm. and you guys are of the same generation that I am and you will get this reference. Okay. So to me, as I think Joel Embiid is an incredible basketball player and an incredible story, but to me, He has a little bit of Yakov Smirnoff in him. Remember Yakov Smirnoff, the Russian comedian in the mid-1980s? His whole bit was, I'm in America, and I can't believe I'm in America because because the Soviet Union was so terrible, and now here I am in America, and it's the most wonderful thing ever. I think there's a little bit of that in Joel Embiid. I think there is an element of, I've already won in life. I made it out of Cameroon, where... I wouldn't have had much of a future, or I certainly wouldn't have had the future that I am having now as an NBA star, a multimillionaire, an MVP. And I think there's a little bit, to get back to what we were talking about earlier, of an edge that's lost there. Mm -hmm. You know, that LeBron has from the way he grew up, that Kobe had from the way he grew up, that Larry Bird had from the way he grew up. And as I said earlier, those sorts of small differences loom large when the games matter most. That's
5: mm-hmm. a fascinating theory, there, man. It really is. It's interesting,
3: and it—that's it, it, the. I think you had a, a perfect
5: storm of guys who don't thrive in adverse situations. Embiid, Harden, and Doc Rivers. Yeah, Doc Rivers' track record's terrible in those spots. So is James Harden. Now Embiid's starting to build a pretty unfortunately, you know, resume, pretty good resume of that, of those situations too. And instead of just digging out of it, they're all kind of willing to be like, eh, you know, see ya.
0: That's
5: mm. bad. That's a bad yeah. look. Yeah. yeah,
3: it is. I mean, look, the NBA TV has got this documentary coming on about the 2001 Sixers. Uh, I think it's called everything but the chip and it's going to track their season and the conflict between Larry Brown and Allen Iverson and the playoff run and the step over of Tyron Lou and all that stuff. That team wasn't nearly as talented as this Sixers team that just lost. But man, that team, they came after you and after you and after you. And you mm-hmm. can never doubt that every single night they gave you everything they had. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a difference there. It just is.
5: Yeah. Well said. Well said.
6: And, and before before I let you you, you you get out of here, Mike, I got I gotta ask you about your Phillies, man. I <laughs> I I I gotta bring up your Phillies. Um and, and I've jokingly said this to Rob for the last week or so. I think, you know, we, we people are so frustrated with the Phillies right now. I think it's the curse of the month of May. You go back to last May. They struggled throughout May. Then they made the managerial change. Everybody was so jacked up about all the new pieces they brought in, Trey Turner and the pitching and the pitching depth. And now we see here with a team four games under 500. Are you in a cause for concern mode? Are you in a panic mode when you look at how inconsistent this Phillies team has been so far?
3: Gunner, they were worse at this time last year than they yep.
6: are this year. Yep.
3: I, it was interesting to me to hear you say the curse of May. I thought you were going to say the curse of October because <laughs> my feeling is that that run that they went on in October and in the early part of November to the World Series was like one of those flashy things in Men in Black It erases your memory. It it erased everybody's memory of how frustrated they all were with the Phillies for the entire regular season last year until they clinched that playoff spot. Remember, until Aaron Nola threw that great game in Houston and they clinched the wild card, they had just lost a couple of games in Chicago to the Cubs, who were the dregs of the National League. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on with this team? Blah, blah, blah. And then they clinch a playoff spot and then they go on a run. They were inconsistent last year, too. And maybe they're a team that's just built for a short series and is going to vacillate like this over the course of 162 games. Look, do I think they're short of making the playoffs? No. Do I think it is way too early to write them off? Yes. Trey Turner is not this bad. He's just not. Uh, They're going to get Ranger Suarez healthy, I would think. They're going to have to make a decision about do they add somebody to the back end of the rotation? And you have a general manager in Dave Dombrowski who has a pretty good track record in knowing whether it's worth making a move like that. And if mm-hmm. he does, he'll know who to add. I'm not saying they're assured of anything. I'm just saying, as you said, Gunner, it's the end of May. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. All right, Mike. Uh,
5: tomorrow, 10 a.m. Yourself, Glenn Mack. I know you guys have Danny Briere tomorrow uh, on the show. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to hearing. Uh, we've heard a lot of Keith Jones, but hearing Danny would be uh, is going to be interesting for
3: sure. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to the show. We're going to have Danny at 1025. We're going to have Jeff McClain, my colleague at the Inquirer uh, at 11 o'clock. He's been doing an incredible podcast uh, called Uncovering the Birds. And his latest episode is about Jalen Hurts. Everybody should listen to it. And then we're going to have Tyler Kepner, the national baseball writer for the New York Times uh, and a Philly native on at noon. He's going to Uh, also calm your fears about the Phillies as
6: well. Okay. All right, Mike. Before we let you go, i got to ask both of you this one question. I've been waiting for the perfect time to ask you. I just saw this on Twitter, WIP poll, and I'm so curious into your responses for this. WIP just put a poll out a few moments ago, and it says, we all know Aaron Nola is struggling mightily. Would you give Aaron Nola or James Harden $200 million contract? Yeah. Is there a if, no option? If, if I have to pick one or, one or, or the other. other, one or the other. Yeah. I'm picking Aaron Nola
3: because there's, it's more likely that he's going to perform and pitch throughout the length of the contract.
5: Yes. Yeah. I mean, say what you oh, want yeah. about Nola. He takes the ball every five days. I mean, he is always there. And yeah, I mean, if you're asking me who I'm going to get more out of and who's going to look better in three years, I'll take Aaron Nola all day, even though he's not pitched well, particularly okay. this year. But
3: right. I, I would give, uh, this is going to sound crazy, guys. Uh, I would give Tobias Harris a $200 million contract yeah. before James Harden. I really would. Not that I'm in a hurry to give either of those guys $200 million, but Tobias is a solid player, no drama, great teammate, You know, can win you a game every now and then. Yep. It, there's not this w- no. like there is with Harden, and there's no oh, wine man. releases, and there's no flying to Vegas, and there's no none of that stuff.
5: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mike, good stuff, man. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. it. Have a great holiday. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's Mike Sealski, columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Let's come back. We get some big time football news Derek. Oh yeah. Big time football news, which we will do uh, when we come back, see if there's any, any relation or ties to the Philadelphia Eagles, but we will discuss it as soon as we return. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you right now about Pro Action Restoration. Yeah, Pro Action Restoration. They're the place that you turn to if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. Uh, Pro Action Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I can tell you that from personal experience because I reached out on a Saturday to them and they got right out to my parents' house. They cleaned up the problem. The crew was incredible, and the price was right. The other great thing is Pro Action Restoration. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. They also work in conjunction with your insurance company. So water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610 610- or online at proactionrestoration.com that's proactionrestoration.com
4: weather forecasting is a team game
0: we rely on each other every day updating the models and passing along new critical information
4: we have a team of five experienced meteorologists and a specialized weather producer paul say hi paul Sometimes
0: what I see in the model, Cecily could see something different.
4: That's when we come together as a team to make our most accurate prediction.
0: And all of this backed by more than 100 AccuWeather scientists. It's a team game.
4: And we have the best team in town.
0: When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messen Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Messa Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
4: Go to get your game on. Go for the beers.
2: Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at
5: 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, I know it's not easy, but they will make this as easy as possible.
7: Life celebrations
5: by Givnish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was was not in charge of anything at that point when when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for. Making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of
7: life,
2: no matter how hard is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life celebrations by Givnish, Customizing services as unique as the individual. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagle.
5: We're back. Yes, we are. He's Derek gun. I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you. We are sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's hit that like button friends. We do appreciate it. All right. So gunner, when we were in the midst of the interview with Mike, uh, big news from the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals have released DeAndre Hopkins. Um, technically they could still trade him by 4 PM Eastern. So what is it? Two, two and a half hours. You, you right. can still technically trade him. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Um, you know, and he recently did an interview. I, I, I was, I telling you this, were we on the show? Or were we in the pre-show? I'm trying to remember um, where he mentioned, um, you know, some places and some quarterbacks that he'd like to play with. He mentioned Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert for what it's worth. Right. So he brought all those guys up. He actually said at one point um, he wants to go to an organization that has some stability in the front office. He didn't have that in, in Houston, or Arizona and, and a quarterback who brings teammates together. So read between those lines too.
6: You think he's talking about Kyler Murray?
5: Gee, I don't know what, what he could possibly mean by that. No, I don't, but you know, read into it how you want to read into it. Anyway. Um, and I know you hear that name and if you're an Eagles fan, Oh, you, you get the juices flowing, but especially after this hurts deal and considering you have AJ Brown and Devonte Smith, I, it ain't happening, man. He's going to get paid. So
6: it, it, when I saw the story hit the Twitter feed a while ago, when we were talking to Mike, I immediately started texting a few people and one of them got back to me. I said, Hey, D hop release. Do you guys have any interest? Will you pursue him? And I got back. No, not at this time. Okay. And I said, why? And they said, I'll talk to you later. So first of all, now this is my perspective for as phenomenal of a talent as DeAndre Hopkins is he does come with a little theatrics off the you know mm-hmm. uh he likes to talk and, and and from a media perspective we love that because he gives us stuff to talk about sure. on our various shows if there's one thing the eagles take pride in is that they have a group of players that don't give the media a whole lot to talk about in a negative light um I don't know if DeAndre would fit the culture of this locker room, to be honest. I think some people would be a little bit nervous about having him in this locker room. Mm -hmm. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins has some of the best hands in all of the national football league pass catchers. I've seen so many stories about, he has one of the strongest grips and he makes these catches that other receivers don't make because of his hand, his hand grip. Yeah. Um, He is fearless, acrobatic. His numbers are, uh, throughout his career speak for themselves, but there's just that sidecar baggage that I yeah, want him he, to keep away from. Yeah, he had the pee- pee-
5: attention. He's had other, you yes. know, some other stuff too. He's and, been and injured a little bit too. Yes,
6: and yeah. I don't think he would come here and be comfortable just being a number three receiver.
5: And and what happens is, particularly at this position, guys want touches. Yes. If you're throwing, and again, who wouldn't want DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown, and Devontae? I mean, you're drilling. Absolutely. But if that all of a sudden cuts everybody's productivity in half, that are already here, you might start having some issues there because the receivers are divas, man. Divas want the ball uh, in a big way. So, and I, I honestly, I don't think they can afford it. I, I was I was scrolling Twitter during the break, and and Pat Leonard, who we've had on the show, who does a really good job covering the Giants for the New York Daily News. Sure. Uh, said that in, he's talking to his sources and he said, Hey, you know, what are you thinking about Hopkins? And his, the first source that he talked to said, watch out for the bills.
6: You throw him I with Stefan Diggs. Oh, I can see man. that happening. Woo. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but you know, the last couple of years uh, Deandre's played 10 and nine games. And I know there was a suspension involved there. Um, dude is electric. No question about it. Even at this stage of his career, The dude is flat out electric. Um, I just don't think the Eagles want to go down that road at this time. Um, I do think there's, and and I also think that there are teams out there that are salivating about getting a DeAndre Hopkins in their offensive arsenal, where it would drive the numbers up further than what the Eagles want to pay another receiver at this point. Mm -hmm. I think their capital that they have available is going to be closely monitored by the linebacking situation, maybe the safety situation, and maybe even another offensive lineman somewhere. But I don't Uh, think wide receivers, where they're going to put that kind of capital when you paid A.J. A.J. Brown, a hundred million. Devonta is playing on a, on a decent rookie contract with Pays. First round pick. Yeah. Right. I don't think they're going to put that kind of capital into another receiver coming here. The, um, if you look at the way this, this works, it's
5: not a post June one cut. So the Cardinals clear seven point three million in cap space for this season, Derek. They'll have to eat twenty two point six million in dead money right now. Uh, and he's off the books for twenty twenty-four. That's the way it works. They held and, out as long you- as they could, but they they couldn't make a trade. They they, they couldn't they make it too and, much
6: and, money. Yeah, and, 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 and you take into consideration Arizona with a new coach, new direction, you want as many pieces to the equation, many as many firepower pieces to the equation as you can possibly have. So for Arizona today to release him and finally say, you know what, we're tired of this. We're tired of the antics. We're tired of him talking. We're tired of this. And some teams out there will say, well, man, if Arizona, as good as he is, gives up on him, do we want to bring that in here? Every team – says they're trying to build a certain culture or has a certain desire of a certain culture in their locker room. Do, they, do, do Do you want to bring a DeAndre in there, wondering at what point, if he's not getting what he wants, could he, could he shred the locker room? Could he divide the masses, so to speak? Yeah. We saw it happen with T.O. and the Eagles. Look how divisive he became to the point where it was the Hatfields and McCoy. It was the North yeah. versus the South. You, there were people that were either on T.O.'s side or weren't on T.O.'s side. And yep. as Donovan McNabb found out, there were people on T.O.'s side that he thought were friends of his and it kind of strained relationships a little bit when it when does settle with the T.O. situation.
5: Hmm. Yeah, like I, I – let me put it to you this way. If they hadn't uh, made the trade last year to get A.J. Brown, right? I feel like they could absorb – you know, some of his quirkiness and, you know, with this culture that they have here, I wouldn't be as worried about that part of it. I just don't, A, I don't think they have the money and B I just don't think it works with those three receivers. I just don't think there's enough touches to go around. I really don't. I mean, they were trying to trade him. He was making uh, what was he making? Something like 11 or so. He, okay. So he was making, he had $11 million signing bonus in a, in a, uh, $4.5 million option bonus. Anyway, they they couldn't move him. Nobody wanted to take that salary off their hands. Right, right. He's probably going to get a multi-year deal with wherever he goes, I would think, um, whoever brings him in. I'm just trying to think of some teams that would be candidates for this. Um, You know, Buffalo, I mentioned that one that Pat Leonard reported. Not Miami. New England?
6: That's a possibility also. Um but does DeAndre want to go there to play with Mac Jones? Yeah, I, think right. DeAndre, I think DeAndre wants to put himself in a situation with a team that that is viewed as a legitimate Super Bowl contender.
7: Yeah.
6: I mean, when you think about it, can you imagine DeAndre with Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, although Denver is loaded with receivers right now, but Sean Payton is a no nonsense coach. Sean Payton wouldn't put up with some of the antics of DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Yeah. Kansas City. Andy Reid doesn't shy away from potential problems. No, you're right about that. I wouldn't I wouldn't look past Kansas City right now either. I wouldn't look past any four of those teams in AFC West. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't look past Buffalo is a is a prime landing place. The Jets have everything they want in receivers. I don't think they're gonna go out and disrupt that. They've spent money this offseason on receivers. You know, Garrett Wilson emerged as the offensive rookie of the year um let's see who else new orleans maybe
5: uh, well they still have they uh, have a They michael thomas is still there right
6: yeah but michael thomas is in recent years hasn't been yeah, able he's to always out, hurt um, um
5: chicago to would he value justin fields that much i feel like I he wants to do so. with the more established yeah, guy
6: I, I don't think so minnesota just drafted another in jig to go along with uh yeah. not a jig but Minnesota just drafted a receiver to go along with, yeah, Jefferson. They go with the Jefferson. Yeah, to go with uh, Jefferson, yeah. Uh, Detroit? Seattle just drafted a, a, a Detroit. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, uh, Seattle and draft, drafted in Jigba. Uh, they have Lockett and DJ Metcalf. He's, I got Carolina t-
5: he's from South Carolina, for what it's worth. Played at Clemson. I'm just throwing the Panthers out there for that reason. It's only geographical. That's the only hook, really.
6: I don't see Tampa being a destination. You still have Mike Evans there. You have Chris Godwin. No. Um, Baltimore? Plus, I don't think – ah, ah. Would John Harbaugh take on that situation? I think he would. I wouldn't put it past John Harbaugh to give that a serious look, to be honest. Yeah, I, Baltimore could make some sense, and he I, I know he likes Lamar. Yep. And if you put him with Lamar – and who did they draft? Didn't they just draft a receiver in the first round this year? Was, was it a receiver they drafted? They did take a receiver, um,
5: Yeah, they did. Um, Let me pull up right now.
6: Let's see. They took uh, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. That's right. Uh, BC, yeah. Okay. And uh, let's see. Look at Baltimore's receiving core right now. They've added – Odell Beckham. They added Odell
5: Beckham and Aguilar,
6: right? Uh, Aguilar also, Yeah, yep.
5: Still, I mean, I I wouldn't discount them. Mm.
6: I wouldn't count them out of this. I wouldn't count them out. Uh, Uh, let's see who else, who else is a, is a prime candidate here. Hmm. Uh, the Rams maybe.
5: Boy, if I'm him, I'm looking at them probably heading the wrong way, you know, and Stafford, uh, he's so beat up at this point.
6: I would rule. I would rule out Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville has the receiving core they want, especially with especially Ridley, too. Ridley coming up. Yeah. Tennessee. Tennessee is still looking for a receiver. Tennessee would make a lot of sense, but does
5: he want to play with Tannehill and then rookies? Yeah, see, basically,
6: there you go. You know, see right now, Tennessee's biggest receiver is Traylon Burks, who who, draft, Burks. who I like yeah. actually. Yeah, who I who, love, Traylon Burks. Yeah, like him. Uh, Pittsburgh can he pick it Pittsburgh needs a pass catcher they need somebody to stretch the field
5: let me throw one more in there I'm just thinking about this who was his quarterback in Houston
6: right uh, he, didn't he have didn't he have
5: to Watson for a little bit
6: Ooh.
5: so is Cleveland an option here Ooh.
6: yeah uh, let's see what is Cleveland working with right now uh Cleveland has on their roster in terms of pass catchers Amari Cooper, Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Ooh, that's tough to crack. That uh, I mean, DeAndre—I think DeAndre is better than all of them. But Cleveland has their money spent on receivers. I don't know, mm-hmm. but if Deshaun has any clout with that organization, could be. Yeah, it's yeah, not, not it a bad there, option. Man. Yeah.
5: I mean, it, it felt like it was headed this way um with him and them, and it was going to be tough, but you know, the only thing I would say is I, I, I really don't think it's possible that, that he ends up with the Eagles, but you, you, you never fully write Howie out
6: of something. Mm-mm. That's all I would say. If there's a position now, could they use another upgrade? Yes. You know, people are indifferent about Quez. I get that, you know, um, but I think for a third receiver for the Eagles, you're gonna find somebody more along the lines of a Zach Pascal. You know, a middle of the road veteran, solid, you know, and, and and won't make any waves about how many touches he gets or lack thereof. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is that guy. I think DeAndre wants to shine, be in a situation where he could shine. I think if you put him with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, my goodness. Um, you know Diggs is gonna get his, but DeAndre on the other side, man, that's added firepower Buffalo needs to contend with the Jets um, in that division. Who, and Miami? I mean, you know, Miami's loaded with pass catchers. I don't see Miami as an option. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffalo is a great landing spot for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, what kind of cap space do they have to bring him in? That's another issue. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating foods for thought. I, I have had just on a, fr- how about that for a news dump on a Friday, right? So to speak. Wow.
6: Yeah. Got another one. I got another good one that uh, I don't know if you saw now, wait until the football segment at two o'clock to bring up, but this is interesting. Yeah. This one is very interesting. I just saw this one caught cross uh Twitter a short while ago about a former NFL receiver whose agent says there are a lo- number of teams interested in him. And I'm thinking, why for as good as he could be I'm just gonna wait until the football segment to bring that one up okay
5: all right um yeah but I, look I think it's um it's interesting fodder uh you know when you think about it. And, and by the
6: way how bad are the Cardinals gonna be oh Jonathan Gannis is gonna sitting there going I signed what I mean I agreed to what oh like I, uh, they are. They're not gonna have
5: Murray to start the year. I don't like Murray nope. to begin with. Nope. Very few weapons on offense. Oh man, that that's gonna be bad. And and they look, it's just a bad situation. There was turnover in their front office again. There's all that, that lawsuit or the civil suit or whatever it is that's going on there between the, the guy McDonough who used to be there and their front office. Ooh. That does, so, I, man, I, I think Shane Steichen's got a way better opportunity in Indianapolis than Jonathan Gannett does in in uh, in Arizona, man.
6: So let's see. Their pass catchers right now are Rondell Moore, Zach Paschal, Michael uh, Wilson, who's a rookie. Zach Ertz is coming back from an injury. Um, let's see who else they have there. Marquise Brown. Uh, not great, not bad, but still. You know, your your starting quarterback could be out. Your your number two, your your quarterback room right now is David Bloud, Jeff Driscoll, and Colt McCoy. Yep. That's who you're gonna be talking about starting the season with. Hey, oh, Corey Clement is still on the roster there. Uh did, that,
5: did he, I did he play for them last year? I thought yeah, he did was a little bit.
6: More, no, he, he did play for them a little bit last year. James Conner. Um So your your quarterback, your franchise quarterback, is not going to be ready for the season opener. Your three backups combined, hey, you know if you put them in a category, take them or leave them. I'd leave all three. No, I'm with you. I am with you. All right, that that team's a mess.
5: We'll do our NFL stuff in in a in a second here. I I did want to just touch on this, but we didn't really get a chance to do much Phillies. But they they've lost eight of the last eleven, Derek. They lose 8-5 last night. I tried
6: to avoid you talking about the Phillies because I know how it sticks in your craw. It's going to be short and sweet. Uh, so they, they, they're they eight games behind
5: the Braves now in the NL East. Nuller goes six innings, eight hits, five runs, three home runs allowed. Uh, how about this? Austin Riley last night, Derek. So the two home runs. Jeez. <laughs> the two home runs that he hit, right, totaled. Nine hundred and seven yes. feet. Yes, four fifty nine, four fifty eight on his two home runs. Absolute moonshots last night. Jeez. The frustrating part is the offense brought him back twice in the game. Uh, you know, Boehm
6: had the big home run. Bryce had one.
5: Yep, and and they just kept giving it back.
6: Now we just we talked about Turner making it uh, that that great home run that helped it. That helped the uh, Phillies get that game in against Arizona in ten innings. And we kept saying it can't be just one game. Right. What does he do after hitting a monster shot like that? He goes 0 for five last night. Yep.
5: Yep. He
6: goes over five. They lose. The,
5: you can never it. ever point to that a game this early with them and say that's the turnaround game.
6: You can't do it. You can't do it. And and I know and I know Turner's pressing at the plate, um, and I understand why you know, when you're on a lineup like this on a team that that went to the World Series and you're added as a big equation to it, you want to come out guns blazing, I get it. And he's going to fight. He's going to hit his way out of this eventually. When? See, that's the thing about baseball. You don't know when these slumps in, man. They could be You could be 0 for 30 or 2 for 40 before you come out of a slump. But he's going to come out of it eventually. But you got to have him hitting. I mean, right now, the only consistent hitter they have in the lineup is Harper. Right. If you really think about it, Yeah. He's the the only consistent hitter you have in the lineup. The guy who was even supposed to be back at this point. Exactly.
5: (laughs) I know. It's crazy.
6: Real Muto hasn't turned it on yet. Bohm Boom has those good games and then all of a sudden he disappears. He's like, like Turner, you know, Marsh, same way. Hasn't turned it on yet. Sosa hasn't turned it on yet. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know, you feel it's coming because you saw it happen last year, but. You get a little bit more nervous every time it doesn't happen because he, at this point they keep going further south instead of further north. Yeah,
5: I know. And they are they are beyond frustrating. And I, and and I'm telling you, man, they this is not mediocre. This right. is not. Eh, it's bad. It's bad when you're this this many games under 500 at this point. It's bad. So, but,
6: but but I just keep I I just keep going back to, they were worse last year at this stage than they are this year in terms of record, and they turned it around. In the month of June is when it really began to turn around. They
5: did, they did. They were twenty-two so, and twenty-nine, yeah. uh, and they're twenty-three and twenty-seven. So they're not yeah. really all that yeah. far off. So we'll yep. see what what ends up happening there. But no, there's there's no question that they need to uh, to get their act together. All right. So um, when we come back, there we're gonna we're gonna dip our foot into a lot of different pools here. We'll, we'll we have the culprit of why the uh, the Patriots lost two OTAs. <laughs>
7: we, know who,
5: we know who it is. The Cowboys are so afraid they're going to get fined or lose a draft pick that they bagged a couple of votes. They're, they're, just, they're just like, all right, we're not doing anything. We promise. Uh, interesting stuff from Darren Waller on the uh, on the Giants coaches compared to where he's been before. Jamison Williams chimes in about his gambling suspension. And we did uh, storylines for quarterbacks around the NFL yesterday. We're going to do rookie quarterback storylines today. We'll get into the Panthers and Bryce Young, Texans and C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson, and the Titans with uh, with Will Levis. So we'll do all that when we come back. All right. That's what we'll dig into. All right. We'll roll. We'll roll. All, we get right. Back. all right. All right. Eric, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Flint Tree Services. Flint Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. And they offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problems that you may face. They're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. They actually specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flyntreeservices.com. That's flyntreeservices.com. Number three of the show. Appreciate you hanging. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Hey, if you missed uh, our interview with Mike Sealski a little bit earlier or Seth Joyner yesterday, you can always go to jacobsports.com to go back and watch uh, the full interview, full shows, uh, and go to Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Either way, you can check it out. Uh, All right. So we heard that the Patriots, Derek, lost a couple of their OTAs uh, yesterday. Yep. And it turns out that there were there was a scheduling mistake made by Joe Judge, um, which ultimately ended up costing uh, the Patriots those uh, those OTAs. So uh, it was has fallen on Joe. It hasn't been a great year. The, the combination of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as offensive coordinators last year and now this uh, and then his short stint with the Giants hasn't hasn't gone great for uh, Mr. Judge.
6: Okay. You know, I wonder I wonder if he's being reprimanded for this in any way, shape, or form. You I know. would think so, right? Uh, uh, they were stripped
5: of two team OTAs because coaches scheduling that resulted in players spending more than the allowed time at the facility. Uh, so there you go. And Belichick got fined $50,000. Oh,
6: well, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. He ain't happy about that. As no. much money as he's made. No. Ain't too happy about that. But then Robert Kraft will probably pay it for it. Yeah, him. Kraft said it. off as here, charity. Here you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, he'll write it off. As, it'll be a charity donation or something like that. So. Exactly. You know, Trump changed change the bill.
5: So, yeah. So so then th- there's that part of it. And then there's the Cowboys piece of this where they're so afraid of ha- getting fined for a third. Actually, it wouldn't even be a fine. So this would be if, if they were found in violation this year, it'd be the third straight year. They start losing draft picks if that's the case. So McCarthy has like scaled everything back They're They're, they're being very, because last year they were, they were found guilty of too much contact uh, during practice. Now for people who don't know there, they're, I guess they, the, the league has independent uh, officials at the facilities for all these teams during OTAs to monitor everything. Right. That's one of the ways that they know. Um, but anyway, so McCarthy's like, yeah, I don't think you're ever gonna see us, you know, do anything that's that's physical ever again, et cetera. We're not losing draft picks over this. And just no, I, out I,
6: out. I don't blame you. you know what? If you're gonna err, yeah. err on the side of caution, you know. I, I'd rather be overly cautious than to put myself in a position where it could hurt the organization and what we're trying to do in the immediate present or future. Um Draft picks are valuable commodities, man, when you're trying to rebuild a team and and everybody's trying to get younger and better at the same time. You know, and when you give it up when you give it up draft picks, especially more than one draft pick or a high draft pick, and and I'm not talking about just a first round pick, I mean a second or third round pick as well. That that's a lot to give up. So if Dallas, you know what? I don't I I don't I'm never on board with Dallas with much of anything, but in this case, and that's with any team, you know what? I'd rather do less than do a lot more and be subjected to fines, penalties, and loss of drafting. Yep. And it's just the way it is now. And that's through the collective bargaining agreement. This is what the okay. players want it. And that's where it is. Yeah. I w- wanted to go back to uh, DeAndre Hopkins for just a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. Got it. I just saw this on Spot Track. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins earned $54.8 million with the Cardinals in three seasons, catching 221 passes. 17 touchdowns in that span. Yep. Not a lot for a guy of his caliber. Mm-hmm. The almost 31 year old will look to tack on to his 111.5 million career earnings, fifth most all time among wide receivers, which means wherever he's going or potentially thinks he can go, he's not going for cheap. Oh, so for that sure. will, that, that'll take a number of teams out of the equation in terms of thinking that they're going to get him on the cheap because that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And that would probably include the Eagles, who
5: are who are pretty yeah. up against yeah. it. Uh, that's for sure. Darren Waller, who is now a New York Giant, he is now their tight end. Um, interesting things to say. He said he really values what the Giants are doing because they welcome input from their players. Uh, mm-hmm. it, he said it's a really light uh, atmosphere. He said it's a great atmosphere in terms of you know players having having say in matters. He said it's very different from his previous two stops. Remember, he was in Baltimore. He was still trying to get his life together in Baltimore. And then, uh, you know, he ended up in Oakland and Vegas and, and really kind of took off with his career. But a uh, little bit of a shot there at uh, both Josh McDaniels and John Gruden and John Harbaugh. All, all, all catching a little shrapnel in that
6: one from uh, from Darren Waller. I think... Coaches like Nick Sirianni, and there are a number of them across the league, even Andy Reid, for as long as Andy Reid's been in the game, one of the things that Andy Reid did very well when he was in Philadelphia and continues to do so in Kansas City is listen to and implement the advice of his players. Smart coaches understand that while we basically construct how we want to do things here on the field, it is vital to listen to players talk about that. And Darren Waller went on to say, you know, the coach has told us to write down plays that we like and we'll see how much, you know, what plays do you like the most? We'll try to incorporate those. I think it's vital for the, the, the chemistry and the camaraderie between coaches and players. Andy Reid always had a players committee, you know, guys he would meet with weekly to find out the pulse of the locker room. Okay. What are guys talking about? what are they like what what can we keep doing that we're doing well what do we need to change you know and Nick Sirianni is the same way you know talk to the players knows when to back off on veteran players give them days off you know every every week his star players Lane Johnson Brandon Graham Fletcher Cox um uh, Jason Kelsey all get time off even in training camp right. they get time off they've 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 been through the rigors of this they know how to take care of their bodies you know you talk to the players get to know them not just as as employees but people as well how can we make this better what do you like doing that we can make this better and and and, and darren waller and, and obviously brian dabol is one of those guys and players gravitate towards it and it also helps when you want to bring in free agents in the future as well the one thing they want to know is number one are you winning right number two what's the coast like mm-hmm. hey man he listens to us he gives us this man you know what he treats us like men. We're not just servants. We're not just uh, commodities we buy and sell. He actually treats us like people. That's a place I want to play. That's where no, I want to be. I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I the,
5: the, the, you know, this is not a good thing for the Eagles. I, I think the Giants hiring Dable and Daniel Snyder finally, it looks like being out, although not 100% with Josh Harris. They're, they're now wondering if he has enough money to be able to pull this off. Right. But with those two things happening both of the both teams one has already gotten better in the giants and one's going to get better with that bad owner out of there yeah that's not necessarily a great thing for the eagles but yeah i think you know dable was a really good hire and it's going to be interesting to see how much more he can get out of daniel jones you know especially now that jones has has a little bit more um skill position players around him including waller you know what that's going to look like but um that was interesting. Now, I saw this one, and I thought two different things. Uh, Jamison Williams, who's the receiver for the Lions, he got suspended, if you remember, Derek, and he was yep. one of uh, five yep. players total, four of which were Lions, for gambling. The The issue is he gambled at the facility. He didn't bet yep. on a Lions game or anything like that, but he was inside of the confines of the Lions buildings which is against the rules so my first thought is you know shame on him but what he said was he didn't know about the gambling policy then i started to think about it four of the five guys are lions did detroit just kind of drop the ball and in informing these guys well enough or is it more on the players to know better than this?
6: I, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing. Somewhere along the line, somebody um, among the coaches may have dropped the ball or didn't emphasize it enough because every year teams go over the do's and don'ts, you know, according to the National Football League guidelines. And, and gambling is a big stickler, you know, because we've seen other players get suspended because of gambling. Yeah. Now, either the players weren't paying attention or the coaching staff somehow didn't emphasize it enough. I'm leaning more towards the coaching side, not emphasizing it, it, it enough. You know, um, you should be smart enough already to know that gambling is frowned. Even though gambling now is a big part of the NFL and betting sites are a big part of their marketing structure. As an athlete, you should be smart enough to know that I can't be in a facility gambling. You know, If you're gonna do it, doing the off season, Okay, as long as you're not betting on your team, stuff like I I get it. But you can't be in your facility doing this. You have you have to understand that. But I guarantee you Detroit will be emphasizing that a lot more this year in light of what has happened now. But yeah. I think somebody dropped the ball, Rob.
5: I do too. I, I think you know, I, I think you could you could lay a little bit of this at both of them. Um, but yeah, I it's um I guarantee, it I and I saw some of uh Dan Campbell up there yesterday. He was pretty adamant, like, we, we, we did talk to these guys. Now, he said, we're really hitting it hard now. So, I, you know, read into it when you want, um, mm-hmm. where it may end up here. All right. L- l- yesterday, we did storylines, uh, you know, for quarterbacks around the NFL. We didn't include Jalen Hurts because we always talk about right. Jalen Hurts. But right. looking at the rookies, Derek, and, uh, you know, there's a chance that all of these guys could get time. I just saw a report that Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew right now are splitting reps with the Colts. Okay, Okay, just to give you an example. But we're going to look at the Panthers with Bryce Young, the Texans with C.J. Stroud, the Colts with Anthony Richardson and the Titans with Will Levis. They're they're, there. We're going to focus on those four guys. They were everybody except Levis went in the first round. Levis went high second round. All right. Let's start with the Panthers. Um, You have Andy Dalton down there. You have Frank Reich. Um, You know, they put an emphasis on on trying to build up around him. What do you think about Bryce Young, how that's going to look for him, and whether or not he's going to be the starter, how much he will play?
6: Although he's being looked upon as the future savior of that franchise and a franchise quarterback this team has been desiring for a long time. Um, I look at the the depth of the quarterback situation there uh, with Dalton, with Matt Carroll, and there's not a rush to put Bryce Young on the field yet. Now, granted, People are going to want to see him sooner rather than later. And it may turn out the case. Dalton may play just like he did in New Orleans last year, up and down. But there's no push right now to get him on the field. Um, So he is going to be – if smart coaching staff would bring him along gradually in that situation, don't rush him too soon. You both sides will know when he's ready to go by how he talks, by how he studies film, by how he throws in practice sessions. They will know, you know. The only way I think he gets on the field sooner is if Dalton gets injured. And then they're, and, and they're not sold on Matt Carroll. I mean, Matt Carroll supposedly was a guy everybody was high on down in Carolina last year. All of a sudden now he's an afterthought because they've drafted Bryce Young. You know, I don't you don't know what they're thinking of Matt Carroll right now as a number three receiver who who could be your number two initially. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to push, bright. Uh, you don't have to push Bryce to get out there right away now.
5: Yeah, I yeah, I I, I go back and forth on this a lot. Um, you know, are you better off ju- just getting these guys the practical experience, the on-the-job training? Are are they better off just waiting a little while? Look, I, I I agree. I think you're in a spot where because you have Andy Dalton, who who is a you know a, a really good veteran backup at this point in his career, you can kind of live with him a little bit if you're Frank Reich and you feel like. Bryce Young hasn't made the adjustments. Now, can read into this in, in a lot of different ways. Um he Frank Reich has gone overboard saying how quickly Bryce Young's picking everything up. Yes. And that's half the battle is if you at least know where you're supposed to be going. Uh yep. Yep. for him. So I, I think there's a chance he actually might start the season. I I do think that's a possibility. Really? I do. I actually do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they traded up to get him. A lot. They gave a good amount up to get up there. I do. I think he may start the season.
6: Yeah. See, see, Carolina has the pieces. When you put when you put a rookie quarterback in there, I don't care how exceptional he may seem to be, he's got to go through growing pains of knowing what he's reading across the line of scrimmage at the NFL, how to decipher the disguises, and how defenses are going to try to confuse him. You look at what Carolina did this offseason. They go out and get a Miles Sanders. They have a Chuba Hubbard running the, uh, the ball. They've got, they've got pieces to win now. And the most stabilizing force in a situation where you can win now is a veteran quarterback. Now, is Andy Dalton the answer? Probably not. But he's been around the block a few times. He understands defensive schemes. He understands uh, a ghost ghost looks when he's looking across the line of scrimmage. He knows how to pick up the hot read sooner rather than later. All of these things have to happen in a fraction of a second, and it takes a veteran quarterback in a lot of cases to be able to do that. For Bryce, no matter how exceptional he may be intelligence-wise, it's a big difference in terms of looking at collegiate defenses compared to the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's going to take him a little bit longer and go through a few more games to figure it out, more so than an Andy Dalton all right it, let, could be, it could be the difference between winning and losing and being near the top of the division compared to being near the bottom of the division well that that's where they're in a bit of a diff, an interesting spot is they could
5: win that division if New Orleans exactly doesn't exactly. really yeah you're right you're right that is that is the difference i think with them and a couple of these other teams but let, let's go houston for a minute Derek. and they and they drafted cj stroud i thought they had a great draft uh will anderson cj stroud but Houston's backups are Case Keenum, who's 35 now. Yep. Davis Mills, who they, you know, they've given a, a pretty good opportunity last year showcasing, and they still decided to take CJ Stroud. This would peer, appear to me, at least, to be more likely because, I mean, I think Dalton's better than anything they have there, uh, other you know, an older Keenan, Keenum and, yeah. uh, you know, throwing into the mix the, the others they had there, Davis Mills. Right. But again, like if I'm, if I'm D'Amico, D'Amico Ryan's, who's the coach there, I, I have to be assured that C.J. Stroud knows where he's supposed to be going with the ball, knows the plays, knows everything else that goes on, the checkdowns and whatnot. It's really what it amounts to. But I feel like there's more of an opportunity for him to get on the field quicker than there is even a Bryce Young with that quarterback
6: situation. I couldn't agree with you more. Houston finished five and eleven last year. New head coach, new excitement. The Deshaun Watson fiasco is behind them now. They have nowhere to go but up. And I think the Houston fan base will be a lot more patient because they feel they finally have a coach with a high pedigree. They have a franchise quarterback now. It's a rebuilding mode for this organization. You know, they have a good young running back, um, and they added Devin, Devin Singletary as well. You have Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary. You know, you look at the wide receiving core, nothing to write home about in terms of the wide receiving core, you know, Amari Rogers, who was, who's been bounced around, you know, green, green Bay gave up on him could end up being your number one receiver down there. I think a CJ Stroud has a lot more leeway. If he starts right out of the gate to grow, people will have more patience with him down there than let's say Bryce young starting for a Carolina team in a division that is wide open right now and a team in Carolina that's built on both sides of the football to be a little bit more competitive at this stage than Houston is. Now I will say this, I expect Houston's defense to be a lot better this year, just because of the presence of D'Amico Ryan's running that defense. But in terms of overall, Hey, give us some time here in the category of, give us some time here. I think Houston has a lot more leeway than Carolina does. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that.
5: Um, Let's go to the Colts. You know, this one is, I think, I think this is where the, maybe the biggest challenge lies for Anthony Richardson to get on the field right away. Yeah. He, the Gardner Minshew is the, is the backup there or, or whatever he is. He might, you know, he's the other quarterback there. He obviously knows Shane Steichen's system very well and Steichen and he have a lot of familiarity with one another. Yeah. I think, think that may give Gardner Minshew a slight lean in terms of an advantage
6: it will now and rightfully so because of the relationships I can but I do think Richardson is going to press him Uh, I think Richardson is that quarterback in the Jalen Hurts mode that they want in Indianapolis to run that offense eventually the ability to step up and take off uh, the ability um, to stretch a field uh, frees a defense with his, uh, his, his his ability to do more than just throw a football. In, in, in Indianapolis, they only won four games last year. Mm. You know, uh, They're not pressed to win right away. The fan base understands it's going to be a maturation process here. Um, I do think uh, Minshew gets the nod because of his relationship and his understanding of Shane Steichen's offense. But if Anthony Richardson is ready to go, Early in the season, knowing that if you put him in there, you have to give us time, meaning this season, to watch him grow and mature. I think Indianapolis, with their situation quarterback-wise and a new coach in a new direction, have a lot of room in terms of a fan base and the media there not being overly critical of the product they're looking on the field. Okay. Looking at it on the field. Yeah. No, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh
5: all right. Moving along here, we go to uh we go to Will Levis, who many thought mm-hmm. would go in the first round. He fell into the second round. He steps into a position where, and I'm I'm really surprised we haven't heard any kind of heavy trade requests for Malik Willis uh from his camp. But he steps into a spot with Ryan Tannehill starting. Uh, they took Malik Willis, I believe, in the third round last year, and now. Here's Levis. This is a little more crowded here. I, I would say Tannehill's gonna really have to f- struggle, or the team gets just generally gets off to a slow start and you're looking for a spark before you see Levis. I would guess. I, I and I think he needs some grooming and, and some you know, some sitting behind someone who's done it before. I think this would be best served with him not playing this year.
6: Tennessee is right now is Ryan Tannehill's team. Um they're paying him way too much money. To, to sit them and, and Tennessee's another team, you know, um, you look at the talent. They let go. i.e., AJ Brown. Look at the talent. That team has let go. And they understand that we're what seven and 10 last year. They understand that it's going to take some time. I don't think a uh, Will Levis is, is, is going to push Ryan Tannehill. I think Will Levis gets on the field only if Tannehill gets injured and let's face it, you know, Tannehill is susceptible to get injured. I mean, right? Tennessee's paying Tannehill twenty nine and a half million this year. Oof. You think they're going to sit him on the bench? I can't believe they haven't no, restructured that man. Yeah, you you think they're going to sit him? No, no. There's no. There's no way on, on God's green earth that they're going to sit Tannehill making that kind of money. Will Levis, you know, people. The fact that he went from being possibly a top ten quarterback to being drafted in the second round tells me that Indianapolis took him as the quarterback. Waiting in the wings, um, I, I just I just don't see how he gets on the field much. It, but, but Tannehill is one of those guys, you know, could end up on the injury list at any given moment. You know, yeah, or they just career. don't start
5: off well. I mean, you know, I I don't love their offense to begin with.
6: I, I don't either, and you know, Tannehill only played in twelve games last year. He had thirteen TD touchdowns, six interceptions, ninety-four six QB rating, threw for over twenty-five hundred yards. Um, so Tannehill's Tannehill's not a quarterback that everybody's just afraid of when a defense no. lines up. No, um, he's an okay quarterback. You know, he he's shown he 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 can be good at times, but he's also shown that he can be very inconsistent at times as well. Yeah, no. Question. Um, it, but the fact that you're paying him almost thirty million a year there is absolutely no way you're sitting him on a bench uh, coming out of the gate. Now, at what point does Tennessee decide this season is a loss? I think the only way Levis gets on the field outside of Tannehill getting injured is if Tennessee gets to a point in the season that says this season is a loss. Now we start preparing for the future, which is Will Levis.
5: Well, yeah. So they're in a division that's got the Colts, got the Texans, uh, well, I think Jacksonville is vastly improved. Jacksonville's not great yet, no, so I guess Tennessee, in theory, could hang around, you know, and make this thing interesting for a while. Right, right. So yeah. I don't, you know, that. And then if that's the case, if Tannehill's playing decent, and yeah, there's a lot of ifs here. But if Tannehill's playing decent and Derek Henry looks like Derek Henry, yeah, then if that's the case, I would, you know, let Levis learn a little bit. You know, I, th- I think may end up happening Derek before camp. I that Malik Willis. Likely to get dealt, I would think at some point. You
6: know, you think so? I would keep him on as the number three. Yeah, you have him on a rookie con- contract. He knows the system, and let's face it, a few teams got down to the number three quarterback last year. Yeah. You know, do you bring another? Uh, do you bring another journeyman off the street to learn your offense? I think, I think, I think they keep Le- uh, um, Willis at least one more season, unless somebody desperately needs a quarterback and Tennessee says, "Hey, we can get another." sixth or seventh round draft pick for him that we could use on the back end next year. I don't see him. them moving him. He's not costing them a lot of money uh, financially. Right. Um, and I think he's the kind of young man who won't make waves. They don't have to worry about him making waves. You know, he's a consummate team player and as much as it may pain him to have to take a backseat, eventually the Levitt's if he doesn't pick his game up significantly, Um, I I think he'll still be there. Yeah. Uh,
5: I, I don't know if you read any of these reports, but there are some concerns that Josh Harris and his group may not be quite there financially. Uh, he needs to adjust the deal financing is the way it's termed in order to get approval to purchase the commanders. Um, so basically, uh this this report came from Forbes magazine or Forbes.com now. Reported in December that Daniel Snyder had multiple offers. Whatever. His net worth was well more than four billion, blah, blah, blah. But now reports say that that Harris needs to adjust the financing of the final deal to purchase the team for six point oh five billion. Um some this, this this Forbes.com also reports that some NFL owners are concerned about the structure of the deal, which has an extensive number of limited partners and large amount of debt. The NFL current limit for debt tied to a purchase of a team is 1.1 billion. According to this, Harris's deal includes 1.1 billion in secured debt and 1 billion in unsecured debt, whatever. I, I'm not going to pretend to know all the ins and the outs of this. Cause I'm not an idea, but, Nonetheless, it just seems like he's got to maybe tighten things up a little bit, or or maybe this thing doesn't go down.
6: I wonder how much of this debt ceiling that we're talking about is Harris considering. The man has his hands on a number of teams across the board, as we know: Sixers, or it, Devils. Oh my goodness! A little bit of the Steelers, which you would yeah. have to, yeah. you know, uh,
5: d- dissolve, and European soccer as well.
6: Or is it? Is it a bunch? Of, is it a number of guys? he's bringing in on his partnership. You know, we know magic Johnson is part of this and we know magic Johnson has his hands in a lot of things, but we've also known imagine according to what we've read, magic Johnson has been very successful um, in business ventures in his life after football. Yeah. I wonder if it's some of his other money guys who uh, things are starting to surface that the NFL are looking at and say, Oh, Whoa, 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 this is a red flag right now.
5: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, so, but it's one to keep your eye on, and just just yep. when you thought you got rid of Daniel Snyder, he may be back. He's like he's like the uh, the you know in a horror movie, the the bad guy. He keeps keeps returning, man. Yep, You, yep. you can't get rid of him. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll we'll swing back to the NBA stuff. Some interesting uh, numbers here on Colorado football tickets. Yes, which I I found fascinating. We'll talk about the ACC. And the way some of their money is being divvied up, uh, all kinds of stuff in store. we got, again, good birthdays and movies for you also. So you don't want to go anywhere. And
6: and why is that, Rob? Because
5: May is the best month month ever.
6: Thank you. I didn't want to say it, but I just want to make sure you understand it. You're welcome.
5: Yes, that's Derek (laughs) (laughs) Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Razor technology and hybrid work. Because the future of work isn't remote or in person, it's a hybrid model. In facing this new reality, businesses must reimagine their workplaces to align with the preferences and needs of modern employees. Razor technology helps businesses create a workplace that gives their teams flexibility in choosing how and where they put in their hours. Online platforms for communication and collaboration combined with secure and adaptable mobile devices are enabling hybrid meeting experiences They're nearly on par with in-person events so everyone can feel like they are part of the conversation. Employees with strong social connections with their team report better well-being, higher productivity, and stronger retention rates. Razor Technology helps growing organizations adapt to hybrid environments with industry-leading digital tools and insightful guidance that promotes efficiency and workplace satisfaction. You can learn more by calling 866 797-3282 866-797-3282 or visit them online at razor-tech.com that's razor-tech.com back everybody dark gun what did you what did you just do what was that (laughs) you know what i did actually during the break um i haven't i don't think i've done it since last year since it was last summer or whatever i think you do the same thing sometimes too i I walked out on the deck just to get a little 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 sun get a little 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 sun on me to, to sort of jolt me awake a little bit. So I'm good
6: to go. I actually did not do that today um, because I'm upstairs you know, the heat rises. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little warm up here. So I've got enough warmth up here. Gotcha. I did not, but in exactly 28 minutes from now, you'll be doing that. I will be outside. Um, soaking in the rays and working on my tan <laughs> to even this, this dull color of mine. I hear you. I hear you. Um,
5: all right. So a couple things things uh, to dig into here. We mentioned uh, that the Celtics won uh, last night. Now it's 3-2. They go back to Miami for game six tomorrow. Celtics are two-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. And if – I will say this. If they don't – the Heat don't get Gabe Vincent back and they don't get Bam Adebayo playing decent, uh, they're going back to Boston for a game seven. I guarantee you that.
6: I think right now Miami, as confident as they were after game three – is doing a lot of soul searching. I honestly believe that Miami thought, even though they said it on the surface, well, it ain't over until it's over. You know, Boston is a great team. When, with the way they blew Miami out, in that, uh, the way they blew Boston out in that game three, I bet you Miami's thinking, we got them right where we want them. Yep. They quit. They quit. Yep. And then Boston gets one. Yeah, there's nobody can beat us again. Boston goes home and, and does the same thing in game five they did in game four. Now, Miami's thinking, uh-oh, we got to step it up. And losing Vincent doesn't help because it's not guaranteed he's going to play in game six. Oh, no. That's no. a big loss for them. It huge is. loss. When you figure they've already lost Hero, they've lost Oladipo, and now Vincent is down as well?
7: Mm-hmm.
6: That's 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 huge for Miami, man. And now you're thinking, we got to close this out, game six. got to do it in front of our home fans. We can't afford to go back to Boston for a game seven. Dude, now, now the pressure is definitely square on the chest of the Miami heat right now. Oh, a hundred percent.
5: And and then it gets crazy if they win Saturday and you're going back to Boston for seven, it gets nuts after that. Um, so you, you alerted me to this. Yep. Colorado university of Colorado, uh, who hired Deion Sanders in the offseason to be their, their head coach. They had been a mess the last couple of years. They had been terrible. Um, He's created a lot of interest, a lot of buzz. That's for sure. But I didn't know these these numbers for season tickets or, or opening game tickets where yeah. the uh, the Buffaloes play uh, Nebraska. So what, what are some of these these numbers? What are the tickets going for, just to show the interest that the uh, they, people have in Colorado?
6: Colorado, which won one game last year, just because of the presence of Deion Sanders right now, has a waiting list of people trying to get tickets for the season opener, which is their home opener, I believe against Nebraska. No, for their home opener, which is against Nebraska. Yeah. Tickets are going, going for $400 a ticket, way more than what they went for in any years in the recent past. Um, The tickets are uh, selling. Now, the, the $400, get this, is more than the Kansas City Chiefs' home opening tickets, more than Nebraska's home opener by 22 times more than Nebraska's home opener, more than the Celtics and Heat game five tickets, and more than the Golden Knights and Stars game four tickets. Oh, my God. Deion Sanders is a money-making machine, yeah, and that's why Colorado knew they had a winner when they got him. Jeez, think about this: it's only May; they have a waiting list for tickets for their home opener the see uh, the new La Colorado Buffaloes play. I'm shocked. Like that is crazy.
5: That's a lot of money, man, for for a, an awful, frankly, what was an awful program, awful product last year. That that many people are interested. That that's the thing. Yeah, you know, he's going to get
6: a lot of rope in terms of wins and losses because what? he always oh. creates buzz. Always, yes. yes. And even if they have a losing season, anything they win above one game is a plus for that program right now. Agreed. And you know, and and the fact that Dion is so visible, um, he does something that no other college coach, a pro coach for that matter, does. If you if you look on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Every day, you see an inside look at him sitting at his desk, talking to coaches, talking to his sons, talking to other family members, talking to players. You get inside looks at him having discussions and, and motivational speeches with his players on the practice field. He tells me, hey, we're coming. We're coming. And I, and I brought my Louis Vuitton with me. Mm-hmm. You don't think young players, especially future Buffaloes, are impressed by this? So a school that was struggling to get – Three two and three star athletes are now elevating to getting five and four star athletes, just like that because of the presence of Deion Sanders. Yeah, well said. Very well said. Uh amazing. I didn't I didn't
5: pick up this either. The uh what's going on with the ACC and, and their finances. What's I find this
6: there? I find this interesting. Um yeah. it says beginning in the fall of 2024, uh ACC schools that qualify for revenue generating postseason competitions like March Madness college football playoffs, uh, other postseason things and such, now will be, be receiving a bigger portion of the money. Uh, Rather than revenues, the, the revenues that's generated more so than what they've done traditionally, which is if one or two teams make big purses, it's like divided evenly among all the conference. Okay. Teams okay, okay. Keep a balance. Yeah. Now last year, the ACC generated six hundred seventeen million dollars in revenue. The SEC generated eight hundred two million dollars of revenue, and the Big Ten generated eight hundred forty five point six million dollars of revenue. My God! So when you when you when you think about it in the past, the the, the cream of the crop in those teams are helping out the other teams in their conference. Now these these better teams are going to be rewarded, and I think rightfully so. Yeah, if you're good enough to get up there, you should be rewarded. Now these schools are going to be rewarded a little bit bigger piece of the pie, which they can sprinkle down to better improve other sports that don't generate a lot of money for the universities.
5: Well, I, I yeah, I, and I think that is fair, honestly. Like, and and I get it. Some of the smaller schools are gonna are gonna say, well, you know, here we go, the haves and the have-nots. Well, I mean, look, those schools are generating a ton of coin. Like
6: no question. Sorry. They have every right to it. Um, The, the, the Alabama, I mean, the football programs and basketball programs and, and, and a number of prominent universities have carried the other sports teams for a long time. Yeah. And, and let's face it. Um, there's probably some, certain sports at certain schools that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the prominence of their football and basketball teams. Yeah. Uh, so now it's going to be interesting to see because what we've seen in recent years, also, we've seen universities drop like lower tier sports in in, in cost cutting measures, and I wonder if that's going to happen even more so now. You know, a, a lot of kids who did who who might play lacrosse, uh, rugby, things like that, might be squeezed in terms of schools they'll be able to go to now um, to play those sports if they so desire.
5: Yeah, I you know I saw it happen at Temple. Um, they. They've gotten rid of. They had a very good baseball program for a long time. They got rid of their baseball program. There was other stuff that 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 went by the wayside too, um, which was really too bad. Uh, But yeah, that could be. That very well could be happening, Derek. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if that were the case. Um, All right. So a couple other odds and ends, and then we'll get to the uh, to the birthdays. I thought this was interesting. So John Gruden, it's kind of resurfaced to an extent. Uh, He was working with Derek Carr. I don't know if you saw this this past week. Okay. Um, as New Orleans was installing their new offense during the offseason workouts, the Saints brought in Gruden to help Carr yep. and the offensive coaching staff under Dennis Allen, according to uh, NOLA.com. So, uh, you know, maybe this is a way, maybe it's the sort of the first step to him possibly getting back into the league. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of hard feelings. Obviously, he still has a lawsuit, I think, against the NFL, but maybe this is his way to get back.
6: Who knows? <sighs> John Green was well-respected for a long time in the NFL ranks, but I think the fact that that email surfaced, especially when he um, uh, made a uh, derogatory reference to the head of the NFL, PA, who's an African-American. Yep. I don't know if if teams want to touch him right now, because as soon as you bring him back, what's the first thing you're going to say? Oh, you brought a racist back. You know, no matter yeah. how you look at yeah. it, that's how it's going to be viewed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if a number of teams are going to, to want to do that. I do think John Gruden will eventually ease his way back into the game. I don't know if it'll be this quickly, though, to be honest. Yes, I, I agree. I agree with you. I mean,
5: look, I, I don't know what his end game is. He, yeah, he has made yep. a lot of money in his life, too. I, I, I don't know. Yep. He strikes me, Derek, and I know he sat out a long time with that ESPN gig, but if he's yes. not doing something like either in broadcasting or coaching, he's a lifer type. Like, he's got to be around it. It's in his blood. It's got to be yeah. driving him crazy not to be a part of it.
6: I would imagine so because he's been such a workaholic his whole, you know, adult life. But, you know, and we don't know what the buyout settlement was for him with Oakland, mm. but I guarantee it's enough money for him to sit on for a long time. Yes. You know, whatever that buyout was. I mean, the dude, they were paying, him what, $100 million, uh, over 10 years or something like that? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so I do believe it's, it's, it's enough money for him to get through life's uh, trying time right now, mm-hmm. but you're right. You know, you get that itch when you're so used to being busy and especially when you live, eat, sleep, and breathe football. You just want to be a part of it in any capacity, in any way, shape, or form. And yeah. it probably is eating away at him. But if if I'm, if I'm the people around him, his inner circle, John, you just got to be a little bit more patient, man. It may yeah. take you another year. Now's the time we can start putting feelers out but if it doesn't happen right now, just be patient, man. It'll happen down the road. People yep. will forget soon enough. Yeah, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. All right, let's let's uh, let's hit some birthdays here, and then we'll uh, we'll swing it back. to. Uh, Rough, I hate to say this, but I don't know if you've been paying attention. We haven't had a bad day yet this month in terms of birthdays and movies. Uh, yeah. I don't know if there's any other month we can say that, Rob. I mean, I'm go. just being honest with you. Okay. I mean, think about it. The movie selections have been deep. The 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 birthday names, the prominent names. Is your birthday the-
5: celebration still going on? Are we carrying it over to this weekend too? Or what happened? Are we still doing this?
6: No, it's over. Unfortunately, okay. it's all over. right. All right. But next weekend, because we didn't get to do it last weekend, next weekend we're planning the fishing trip off Wildwood. There you go. Uh, okay. Do, go some do some flounder and uh, sea bass fishing next uh, next Saturday. Good. I like it. I yeah. like it. I like to hear it. All right. Uh, birthdays. John Wayne, the
5: Duke. Yeah. This day, 1907, born Marion Morrissey who yep. was, his, was his real name, but uh, made over 140 films, Derek. Yes. Uh, in his lifetime. But yeah, 1907, John Wayne was born.
6: You know, it's funny. If you think, if if you're sitting in a room of 100 people and you ask them, what's your favorite John Wayne movie? I'm sure majority of them would all come up with a different movie. Yeah. For me, it's one of his older films that came out in 1952 called The Quiet Man. Oh, me too, man. Are you serious?
5: I I used to watch that every, I don't know why, but my dad and I would watch it every Christmas Eve. Uh, I still watch it. it. It's it's my all-time favorite John Wayne movie, and it's
6: not even close. And he won an Academy Award for True Grit, which was a really good movie. But I saw that movie years ago, man. It had to be, the first time I ever paid attention to that movie had to be back in the mid-90s. Yep. And it was John Wayne, and it was like a grainy, you know, grainy colorized movie. It's in you know color, it black yeah. And white. It's in yeah. color, yeah. But I sat there and I watched, and, and it's a, you sit there and you chuckle because it's a it's it has comedy in it. it, has humor in it. Yeah, yeah. And for people who don't know about it, it's 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 a movie where John Wayne goes back to his hometown where he's born in Ireland. Yeah, he's a former you know, boxer. In he's in a former United boxer. He's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. And he quit boxing because I think yeah he killed somebody in he the killed ring. a man
5: in the ring he yeah. couldn't
6: he just couldn't his conscience couldn't take it anymore and he had to get a change of scenery yeah so he goes back to Ireland where he's where he's born and he falls in love with this beautiful uh, redhead
5: Maureen but, O'Hara
6: Maureen O'Hara mm-hmm. and he has to go through the brother who the brother wants to challenge him every time Will Danaher Will is- Danaher you remember that Will Danaher and all the towns talking they know the fight is coming between these two. And when the fight happens, everybody stops what they're doing. All the jobs, they're running down the street. They're following them up and down the street. Dude, it's a great movie. And every time I see it, I still watch it.
5: I agree with you. I agree with you. Yep. It's a great movie. It is my all-time favorite. It's not even close. Uh, The the Michelino Flynn, the little leprechaun guy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Good choice. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter, the actress, is 47 today. Yep. Stevie Nicks, the great Stevie Nicks of uh, Fleetwood Mac and solo fame. She is 75
6: today. Did you know Stevie Nicks is one of my favorite artists of all artists? I didn't know that. See, that would surprise you, wouldn't it? I I think she has one of the coolest voices yes. that you will ever hear. That raspy, raspy voice, yes. Yeah, it's great. She's great. She's great. Dude, do you know every day I'm outside working, The first uh, one of the first songs I play is her song Gypsy. Oh, Gypsy's awesome. I could listen to that song over and over again, man. Oh, Just, man. My wife was like, Enough already, please! <laughs>
5: again, please. Like our you commercial know, that we run is, again. This, this is
6: this is like yeah. ten years. Yeah, yeah, really? You you're still playing? Um, and I'm like shh, because yeah. you know me, I'll start singing certain parts of the song, certain lyrics of the song. Uh-huh. I chime in. My family's like this. What's he doing?
5: Can't take him anywhere. Can't even take him out in the backyard.
6: Yeah, I like that one. Uh,
5: Lauren. Speaking of voices, Lauren yeah. Hill. Oh, my, oh my goodness! Five time Grammy winner. Oh man, can she sing? 48 today. Yeah, I I just wish she had you know she kind of stepped away and I wish yeah. she had stayed in it, man. She was just so good, so good. So talented. Mm. But she was awesome, man. Uh Miles Davis, incredible musician. Uh and born on this day 1926. Trumpet. Yes, oh. man.
6: Oh. oh.
5: Amazing! Good, good day actually for for artists here. How about Lenny Kravitz? Lenny Kravitz is fifty nine years old. And
6: something I can't believe he's fifty nine. Jeez, he looks he's fifty. He's he looks like he's twenty
5: nine. Exactly. You know I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He is a he's very regimented, like diet, exercise. He's yes. hardcore man. Yeah, he's hardcore. Um, but he's yeah he's fifty nine today. Pam Greer, seventy four.
6: Stop right there, Rob. You don't have to ask you back in the day. Strong. Correct. Very, you go, you go like uh 70s Pam Greer, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know nothing. I ain't no, yes saying nothing. Do. No, yes, I don't, do. I okay. ain't saying nothing. No, nope. yeah, correct, You're not get me in trouble. It's a, I got, hey, I got Memorial Day weekend. You would not get me in trouble. I ain't saying right. a word, I'll, I'll say it strong.
5: All right, uh, <laughs> Sally Ride, who was a yes. uh, female, first female astronaut, 51, uh, born in 1951. Um, we lost her pretty young. Sadly, um, Peter Cushing yes. uh, was born on this day, 1913. We're going back a little ways there, Frankenstein Dracula. Love. Yeah,
6: the tone says when it comes to Pam Greer, very strong. He put it all caps, yes, very strong,
5: correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there's I'm telling you, if you don't know, go go do a little research, you'll but know. Kevin
6: you know. Zabar said, Rob, very red. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It does not oh, take man. much. It does not take much to Oh there. my goodness. Uh Hank Williams Jr. is 74 years old today. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Man. Um James Arness was born on this day 1923. Marshal Marshall Matt Ma- Dillon from Gunsmoke. That's, right. That's yeah. right. Yep. Uh one of the iconic roles in in TV. Levon Helm of the of the band and also an actor. Uh was was a, was a great great uh musician and and uh mm. singer as well. Uh he was born in 1940 uh matt stone creator one of the co-creators of south park yep uh is 52 today bobcat goldthwaite the comedian actor director is 61 today peggy lee the singer uh
7: 1920
5: al jolson 1886 Mm -hmm. uh aldo gucci who started the, the gucci brand Nineteen oh five. Well, he
6: was a son of the dad who started. He but ran, he, didn't, he
5: took them, He took it to like a different level. I thought. Yeah, he, he
6: like ran that. a company from nineteen fifty three to nineteen eighty six. Okay, yeah, so the son took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jay
5: Silverheels, the the uh, Native American actor, was born on this day. He was Tono back in the day in nineteen. In the original. Yep,
6: the original Lone Ranger series. Yep. yep. Uh
5: Philip Michael Thomas. A part of the the iconic Crockett and Tubbs duo from Miami Vice. Yeah, man, I love those two, man. That was a great show. That was I so was so 80s. He's uh, ja- 74 now. He's another one. He looks like he's you know probably Jeez. 50. You know, uh, Jack Cavorkian, born on this day, 1928. No, I'm just saying, he was born on this. Known day. as known as Doctor Death. Doctor Death. Yes, uh, Micah Parsons. He's 24 years old today. Yep. Brett Musburger, you are looking live at That's 84 right. years That's old right. today. That's right. Still Nobody going strong. Yes, yeah, Brett, Still going strong. Uh, any other movie, uh, any other birthdays you have? If not, we will move on to see movies.
6: Uh, you got Margaret Collins, uh, who is well known for her uh, work um, on As the World Turns. She was also in the, gossip, uh, the movie Gossip Girl. She's 65. Zola Budd, the great South African middle and long distance runner and yes. Olympic gold medalist. is uh, 57 a day. Okay uh Not great runners yep yep uh let's see genie francis genie francis if you are a soap oh soap opera aficionado you automatically know the name genie francis general hospital days of our lives all my children young and rest, restless she's been in all of them she is 61 today mm-hmm. and a quarterback i used to like watching back in the day for the old houston oilers dan pastorini is 74 uh, today
5: yeah he was he was yeah. a wild man too off the uh yeah, off the he field. was
6: yep dan pastorino
5: that's a good one all right we go movies now um x-men the last stand 2006 yep menace to society 1993 yeah man one of the great ones uh hangover three or is it two 2011 was two yeah i think we did three yesterday uh i believe so speaking of john wayne big jake 1971 yep 2017 Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm not even sure which one it was at that point.
6: Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. There you go. That's there the you one. Go. Yep. Uh, what did I miss? That's it. That's all I have for movies. Uh, 1995, the Casper Friendly Ghost movie came out. Uh, The Little Mermaid. The new version of the Little Mermaid that's been been. I've seen these advertisements every day. Comes out today. Okay, the new version of it. And Shanghai Noon with Jackie Chan. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan and one of the Wilson. Was it Owen Wilson? I believe it was. It was. Owen? Owen? It was Owen, not Luke, right? I, I think. think it was Owen. Came out yeah. in 2000. Okay. And
7: uh, so that's
5: it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Wh- one thing we didn't get to. Yeah. I wanted to throw it. It's an eagle eagle question kind of out the door. I, we I, we kicked this around a little bit on Birds 365, but I was curious what your your opinion was okay. on this. Um. Biggest defensive loss? Would you say it would be Hargrave, CJ, GJ, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Marcus Epps? You know, whomever. Who would you say would be the big? Will be the biggest loss for the upcoming season for the Eagles on oh, the defensive I was,
6: side? I would say no question, TJ Edwards. Okay, I would say TJ Edwards. He was the brain trust of that defense. He solidified that defense. TJ Edwards was uh, his only liability, as we talked about, was in coverage, but he did everything else so well um Jonathan Gannon trusted him wholeheartedly in terms of calling the defense um I think you know some people might say CJ but I think I I think T.J. Edwards because of his durability uh was definitely the biggest loss this past offseason
5: it kind of feels like that's one of those that going into the season we're not going to talk about him much but once right. the season starts, there's going to be games where you're like, you know who they really miss? They really miss TJ Edwards. You know, it just he kind of it just has that sort of sense to it, doesn't it?
6: No question about it. And I think they're gonna feel that loss to a certain certain degree. Mm-hmm. Uh no question. And I want to ask you, I forgot to get this one in. I can't believe I forgot this one. You'll yeah. love this one because I want to hear your reaction. Uh this came across on Pro Football Talk, I believe it is. Uh come on now, stop moving around. Uh, agent claims NFL teams have genuine interest in Antonio Brown. The receiver last played the NFL early in 2022, when he walked off the field, basically and quit on his team. But as of right now, according to the agent, I'm assuming his agent, there's a genuine buzz about him possibly joining another team. Your Uh, thoughts. I don't buy it.
5: Uh, he's, he's trying to make a comeback and play in the, i don't even know what it is the afl or something i uh, yeah AFL. supposedly supposed to play a game this weekend he's supposed to play a game this weekend um I, I i think he has it's hard to do in that league because you'll forgive a lot of things if you're if you're talented he's so toxic derek yes that i i i honestly do not believe even with injuries the teams would touch this guy i don't i don't buy it i think he's I, done
6: I think he needs help. To be honest, I've I seen do him. Too. I've, I've seen him on, on former players' podcasts, listening to him talks. You know, slurred speech, stuff like that, and some of the stuff he says. And then when when the interviewer tries to get their point across to him about, don't you see where you messed up? He doesn't get it. No, he doesn't get it. I, I, I think
5: he's in, in need of a lot of help, and I think he's dangerous. Uh, I think he's a societal danger too. I, I think. I think it's just. I don't think that story ends well. And Uh, I don't think at this point, I mean, you think about his last moment on an NFL field was, was stripping off
6: his uniform
5: and walking off the
6: field. Like, yes, you can't, you can't do that, man. You just can't do it. You can sit and pout all you want, keep the uniform on, respect the organization. He took it off piece by piece, walked and waved to the crowd as he walked off the field. Yeah. And think about the amount of bridges (laughs) that he burned with like, like Tom Brady tried to
5: give him chances, second chances. And it was, he just, he's dumped on everybody who's ever tried to help him, it feels like, over the last however many years. So I just, um, I don't buy it. I think it's agent speak, agent trying to drum some interest yeah. up. He could be broke. I don't know. I, I, I don't know anything about his personal life or his financial situation, so. Yeah, it's you also, too bad. You
6: also, you also hear some of the comments supposedly made about Brady's wife. Yeah, you just you it's know, just it's, classless. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. All right, man. we are
5: we are out of time. I want to thank everybody in the chat. Great job. Everybody time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, everybody listening. Uh Tone, excellent work producing all week. Uh we appreciate it, Tone. Uh, don't go anywhere, you got three hours with Dan Cilio and the National Football Show. So everybody have a great, uh, wonderful, relaxing, safe weekend uh, and Memorial Day. Let's remember the folks who paid the ultimate price. But for Derek, I'm Rob. We will see yep. you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yep. We are Sports Big Take.
4: Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich.